Hey everybody, we are on the 20th episode of the Irrelevant Podcast. I didn't really think we were going to get it this far, but we're here. Uh, I'm joined once again by Jason. Hello. Yep, and I thought since it was the 20th episode, and it doesn't really mean anything, um, I would celebrate it by listening to Jewish music and um, talk about it on the podcast. It's a big celebration. So, Yep, it's our Shabbat, even though it's not even, it's not even Sabbath right now, but, um, so I recommend it to Jason, this album called Our Siddur, and for those who don't know, Siddur in Hebrew means prayer book. So, this is a, it's an album for Shabbat, or Shabbos, um, and there's songs of praise, um, some of them are actually psalms. So, if you're Christian, a lot of these are actually these same psalms that you hear at mass. Or if you go, if you're not Catholic, you um, you might hear them in certain songs that you sing at your whatever your church services. Uh, yeah, and I think it's a really cool mix of music. There's a lot. There's lots of different, really interesting, like blends of musical instruments and styles i don't know if that's not expecting that right i know and it's really weird because this is actually this is ashkenazi jewish music but um a lot of it sounds like well okay the actual pronunciation of it i think is sephardic but no these are actually ashkenazi jewish songs um and a lot of these melodies like I know Hashem Malach and Yedid Nefesh, those songs, I believe, one, and I think all of them, um, but I know for a fact that those two, those existed before the Eastern European Ashkenazi Jews even came to America, and those melodies were the same thing. But I'm pretty sure that goes for all of the other songs. But um, yeah, it's such an interesting mix of instrumentation just musical ideas and just you know yeah so what'd you think of it man i i keep clearing my throat for some fucking reason hi (laughs) (laughs) what the hell (laughs) okay let's start this podcast over man what happened no, I'm just messing. I don't oh, know, just, I just you fucked up something technical. Again. No, 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 no. It's fine. We're good to go. Your intonation caught Ooh. me off guard. Like yep. the various styles of this album that you had me listen to. <clears throat> I mean, I I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. like, I think it's it's cool that like I can listen to music that I'm not usually accustomed to and enjoy aspects and songs of it. Um, mm-hmm. Going track by track, the first one, the Shamu, the Shamu, mm-hmm. the Shamu. That's my favorite song. Yeah, Vishamur. What does that mean? It means, and they shall keep. Okay. So, yeah, I love the really slow pulsing rhythm um, on the drums in the background. I don't know if it was like a Mm -hmm. synth drum or some kind of weird kick or some bassy drum, but it it sounded really nice. Um, You know me. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for the the catchy melodies with the wavering kind of Middle Eastern-y pitch. So, I I like the vibey feel of that one. Um, Yeah, that song... Like I said, that's my favorite song on the entire album, and <laughs> it's the first one. Yeah, it's a great um, opener. I think if you're going to have a good album, you have to have a great opener. Like, you could have, like, you know, a couple yeah, songs man. in the middle that are whatever, but as long as you have a good opener and a closer, then you're good to go. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm actually learning how to play that song on the guitar. Mm. And I, I I have it pretty much down. I'm just trying to, you know, simultaneously play it and sing it because that's a completely different story. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I really love the D minor. Um, and obviously what the song is talking about what is just... About? It, it, so the song title means, like I said, and they shall keep. It is talking about how the children of Israel will keep the Sabbath forever. And it will be the eternal sign between God and his people, basically. And at the end of the song, when, when he has that like thing where he's like kind of just going down after like the, the huge, like, you know, epic um, chorus when he's just going like nine, 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 you know, <laughs> um, that's talking about how like on the seventh day he rested. It's so, so poetic. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it, it, it's cool that I can connect with a lot of this and not even have any shred of context, which is nice. So I like that one a right. lot. The second song, Shiru Lahashim, how the fuck? I didn't like yeah, this one do you, at all. <laughs> do you know what um, that song means? You, no. You're probably going to recognize it. It's um, Sing to the Lord, a new song. Okay. So, You've never heard that like in a like one of your services or whatever? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just well, I'm just guessing. That's what I was going to touch on. It. It's, I, it sounded like I hate that like piercingly happy melody. Like it's I don't like those type of worship songs for that reason. So I think it, that's what just reminded me of. And it also simultaneously <laughs> yeah. sounds like something that would be like in a Lion King musical. Like it just it just tugged at my Ooh. soul in the opposite Weirdly direction. Weirdly enough, I see what you're saying. I mean, obviously it affects me differently just because, I don't know, It it just reminds me of like, you know, my ancestors and like how they came here, but like, Again, I know like, I if you're not that context, I have to go back right. to how it sounds. <laughs> right, but even so, like, if I didn't have that, I don't really know how much this song would do it for me. I mean, it's still like, it's a very like nice sounding song. And it's very happy, but I can see what you're saying where you think it's like overly happy. Yeah, and that's just a me thing, but like, I just I don't I hate that kind of style. And a lot of worship songs have that style, and it just I don't know, it just wanes on me, but. The yeah, one that one sounded. I, the one thing that I couldn't really get over, and this is just because my sense of humor is like, and they didn't have this on too much of the songs, but just like the accentuated phlegm vowels, just they just cracked me up. I can't handle it. Really? I can't. No. I, yeah, okay. I can't, I'm too immature for this shit. Like it just every time. I, I mean, to me, right? Like to me, they just sound. I don't know. Like to me, they sound cool. Like in Hashem Malach, like. <laughs> yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that one in a second. But um, um yeah, so Shiu la la Hashem so or that well, like that's other the next one uh right. Mizmor yeah. Mizmor Shir, that one. Mm-hmm. That one really caught me off guard. I I mean, I I liked it a lot. I, I like reggae and the vocals yeah, no, are really catchy. <laughs> and also just the the different types of um percussion instruments that they have in the background. I really like the sound of too, but it's weird, like it's very repetitive, but it I didn't it didn't bother me at all. I liked it a lot actually. Yeah, and that's what was so I think when you by the time you get to the third track, I think the listener is just like, What is this album? Because like but like in a good way, you know, because sometimes that can come across as bad. It's like what are they doing? But this it's like I think you can kind of just get it for some reason, but at the same time it's like the first song is like this super epic, like worldly sounding like looking at the horizon kind of song like yeah. reflecting on everything in your life to open it up and then the second song is like the most happiest thing you've like, ever heard in your life and then the third one's like this is like reggae like chill song yeah and I don't mind it's that. Like, like what I, I like when 
like I don't know why that irritates some people. I guess like if they just want to listen to one style, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I have a diverse enough musical palette that like when an artist likes to do different styles, I don't get mad. I like it. Also, yeah. like I don't want the I mean, whole thing to sound the same, especially if I'm not accustomed to it. So I like when people switch it up, so I can like, oh, this is actually something interesting. And I actually I like the song a lot. I like reggae. I like things just to relax too. So that one was a good one. Um, the next one, uh, Hashem Malak. Uh, that one it kind of sounded like the first song a little bit with its slow vibe. Um, I didn't really connect to this one, even though it did sound nice. I think it's probably the language. Like if I knew what they were talking about, um, I don't. I mean, I don't know yeah. still if if I was going to connect to it or not based on the, just the themes of everything. But I think for this one, like it just kind of had me zoning out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever heard me sing that at the guitar store. Cause I know how to play that one on the guitar. I might've, I don't know. Um, um it didn't sound familiar. Yeah. I forget what number Psalm it is, but it's the Psalm titled the Lord is King. Like Hashem is God. And then, well, Adonai is God, but you can't write down Adonai. That's forbidden. So, in when you write it down in the title for like you know, Apple Music or Spotify, they just put Hashem. But so it means the Lord, and then Malach means King. So it means the Lord King. But uh, there's no there's no to be in Hebrew, so it's just you know it's, it's assumed. As a side note, we can get into this later after we do this album review. I don't understand why I, I not guess not understand, but like, I just want to wonder where it comes from to. Like, you're not allowed to portray Muhammad visually, or you can't, like you just said, like, write down that word. Like, I want to know, like, where that forbidden shit comes from. Like, who, like who decided, like, you weren't supposed to do that? Well, you said you want to talk about this later, or now? Well, if it's a simple answer, I'm curious, but if it's going to be... A- um, so it's essentially... All it is is essentially, like, God is so great and, like, magnificent and omnipotent, trying to, dis- like, trying to render him is like insulting to him because we could never possibly fathom that so why is saying it different than writing it that's what i'm saying like it's still portrayal like i i hear that word no and but I associate um, it in my head like i would if i was reading it like i don't you know no I mean? but the word adonai you cannot well it doesn't apply to me because i'm not a practicing jew but you cannot refer to god as adonai unless you're praying and it specifically means the lord like there you know how there's multiple names of god there's like adonai hashem elohim Yahweh, all that stuff. So Adonai is used in those like prayer contexts, and so is Elohim. But if you're not praying, you can't say Elohim either. You have to say Elohim. I see. Why that is, and like who instituted that, I don't really know. Um, Because in Christianity, it doesn't apply. Because it's basically the the idea that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we do have this like godliness in us. You know, there is this intimate relationship we have with him. That's why it's like per- it's permitted. But um, yeah, I mean, it still continues. You know, in Judaism today, and same with Islam. I, I mean, I, I the fear of the unknown, the the fucking Voldemort effect. <laughs> right, but do you think it's kind of? Do you think it's cool or like what? Or like what, what do you? Th- what is your opinion about him? Yeah, like saying the name and also like depicting him in like an image. Like, like what do you think about that? Are you talking about Voldemort or God? Oh God, not Voldemort. <laughs> I mean, I think it. It, I think it. It's only cool in the context of like the mystery. Obviously, like you can believe it has like real world consequences, right? So it's or if it's just offensive, like 
I don't know, like I'm not practicing Muslim or Jew. So it's like, it's not going to be offensive to me. But if someone was to get like, you know, touchy about it, I'd just be like, all right, whatever, fuck you. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I guess it's (laughs) ominous. Like it has like a, oh, this is. But again, every time you ban something, it just makes you want to do it. So I guarantee you there's probably a bunch of people that have a notebook filled (laughs) with fucking Adonai in it just for the fuck. You know what I mean? Like it just invites unnecessary nonsense, I think. And it detracts from the message, honestly. So it's like you... You make people focus on silly stuff like that as opposed to actually doing what you're supposed to do. But I don't know. I just, it just, that stuff just kind of seems silly to me. Like, it seems like it's shit that humans made for no fucking reason and now it's a thing. Well, I see. Um, Well, to me, it doesn't seem silly, even though I do understand where you're coming from. Because it does seem like it's just this, like, it's like, why? You know, like, who cares? But well, the actual, I, it, it does have a veil of like, it's like I said, it's ominous. It's like, ooh, this is like a, you know, it creates that aura around it of being a word, even though you can say it, but you can't write it. You know what I mean? Like you can only do it during prayer. So it has that yes. like sacredness to it, but it's just a word. Even if, if you have like whatever your intent is behind the word to make fun of it or praise it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, but it's the name of God. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Is that context doesn't matter. It only matters in the context of you praying it and saying it, but not writing it down, which is why I think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I still completely respect like Jews and Muslims in that respect, because I just, I like how they never, like they, they will never insult God. And I really do respect that, you know? And if to them not insulting God is to not say his name, then yeah. Well, sure if Go you, ahead. I'm sure if you got a bunch of Muslims and Jews in the same room, they wouldn't feel the same way towards each other. But <laughs> Well, they don't believe in the same God, but that's for another it's, it's more than not believing in the same God. <laughs> well, I know. But, um, oh yeah, I also forgot to mention that Hashem directly translates to the name. The name. The name. The name. Well, it means God in more of like a general sense. I see. Yeah. In the way, in the way we understand it. Gotcha, gotcha. The next track, Mismore La David. Um, I like the tempo that, on this one. I like the... I It sucks that I, I wish I was more worldly with my percussion and just folk instruments in general because it's very specific sounding things that like sound vaguely like other instruments that I'm familiar with, but just kind of not quite. So I can't tell what type of drums they are, but they sounded cool. And yeah, neither do I. The one thing that I noticed on this on all these songs actually is the production is really really well done i like the whatever mics they use for the vocals and the way they mix the vocals and then i like how i don't know if you noticed but they have a nice loads of layered harmonies on the vocals they they have a bunch of layered tracks um yeah that's what i mean yeah like going back to the first track vishamru i love that 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 two voice harmony yeah oh man that's so pretty but yeah this track uh, Mismor le David, I which I think means like temple to David. I think mm-hmm. like referring to King David. Um, it's definitely it sounds the most like Eastern. Yeah, it does. And I yeah I love the use of the ode, and um, yeah like you said those drums. I don't know what they are, but just that rhythm. It's, it's so some, catchy. Like, metallic bongo hand percussion thing. I think they have, there's a lot of percussion where I think oh it sounds like some sort of metal drum or something like I don't know if it's a tabla because tabla sound very specifically Indian, but it's something close to that. I don't quite know. Oh yeah, it's, it's probably it's probably some regional thing. I don't know. Yeah, because um, I showed this to one of my other friends and they thought it was like Indian music. Yeah, everything yeah. sounds like Eastern, Middle Eastern Indian music until you really 
delve deep into what instruments they're playing because then you look at them and physically see them and then you can hear the subtle nuances between the actual tone of the instruments so it's like the o sure. sounds different from the that greek bazooki whatever the fuck the things i forgot what it's called but it's like, whatever it's called yeah but i know what you're talking yeah, about there's different types of like very specific it's mainly just the note scales are very similar so that one was cool um the next one shalom alechem alechem whatever the fuck shalom alechem alechem which means peace peace to you peace to you this one i didn't i couldn't really catch anything specific except for the phlegm thing it still cracks me up (laughs) um i i like the beat i was it was groovy yeah a little bit groovy on that one Um, yeah next one hamavir this one really caught me off guard. This is like a I know. Jewish country bluegrass fucking. Yeah, I was like, what, what the, the hell fuck? is this? Like, it was like a banjo. Yeah. It really like this. Like, it really never ceases. This like this album never ceases to surprise you with, with the instruments and like the all of the blends it has and what it has to offer. Because like when you think of like country Jewish music, you're like, what the hell. But it works. <laughs> the only parallel that I could come up with, because like it just, I was just like, "What is happening?" Is just like that, you know, like how like Trump supports Israel, and a lot of Israeli people are more right leaning, so a lot of people in the South are right leaning, so it's like merging that influence of like rednecks trying to get into Jewish culture can listen to <laughs> Jewish country. <laughs> hey, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> so I kind of bridge those two parallels, and it was just fucking making me die. Oh man, this is how you. Uh, get introduced to new cultures besides america um yeah <laughs> yeah when i went i was like what the fuck is this right. it, was, it was it wasn't bad though it was just like it just it just makes me laugh hearing country music spoken or sung in hebrew i don't know why i know um the next one uh yadid nefesh this oh, yeah. one i love the slow and somber feel to it um they have this like reverberating synth that's in the background and a lot of I don't know if you listen to like a lot of like meditation music or binaural beats or any of that kind of shit, but they always have this like ooh, this like Yeah, that that just that in the background. Yeah. 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 So that one It's good. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of I, I know I, I recognize it because it might be like some specific like synth pack that you can download online just to put them on your fucking songs, but it was nice. Um, I like, and again, they had some weird metallic drum that was cool, and then the vocals had a very smooth and cool kind of, as in tone, not in style, kind of sound yeah. to them. So I like that track. Mizmor Shiru Lahashim. That one was good too. The the mil the melody was kind of tedious. I don't know if that's because just the pronunciation of the words, um, but they, it had sort of like that that kind of same feel good thing but it wasn't as bad as the the second one so that one i could still listen was it is that the one because like i'm trying to i can't remember off the top of my head was that the one where it had like last one right but it had the same melody as the as the second track correct kind of that's why i say it kind of yeah sort of feely to it so but the melody was a little bit tedious but for some reason it didn't like totally wasn't it like the um like it starts out and it's like the that one, right? Something like that. Yeah, it was a lot of yeah, words. yeah. It was a lot of word salad. Yeah, that was a word salad. Um, that's probably like my least favorite one. Um, even though like I do. Yeah, I mean that's probably my least favorite one. I love the ne- the next and last one. So, Anna Bechoch. Yeah, that, that one's one, great. 
I think was like the last surprise. I I, I kind of figured something was coming because like they have an interesting song, then kind of like a whatever song, then another interesting song, then like a song. So it's like I figured this one was going to be something interesting, but I liked like the John Mayer guitar rhythms that they were doing in the background. That was yeah. That um, like it was so smooth and crisp. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, some kind and, of gravity um, shit. But the vocals, I didn't really think mix with this one too much. Really? I well, okay for me. I think it's like perfect. And I must confess, this song does make me cry quite a bit. Really? Because the this the message more or the sound more? The sound. I think it's just epic. Interesting. Actually, let me. See, I don't even know. If, let me see what it means. It's funny. I've I've kind of changed my mind because before I played guitar, I like I knew who John Mayer was, but like I just I just thought he was just like a regular pop guy they just girls like. So I was like, whatever. And then the more I played guitar, I really didn't like get into his music anyway because I, I didn't like his songs at all. And it, he just came off as pretentious and just fucking like laid down frat boy. But the more that I play guitar, and I've actually started to learn to play Neon by John Mayer because it's a really hard finger-picking song. So it's like I come to a pre- I still don't like his songs. I think his songs are boring. But like his actual guitar playing is very good, and so it I takes don't really, me playing it to appreciate it. I'm not really that familiar with him. Like I said, his songs are whatever. But like if you like, I can send you a couple of tracks. Like I said, Neon is a great example of, and not like the recorded version because the recorded version is i don't know he just he was using an electric guitar and it just didn't fucking sound good i guess but then he plays that same thing on acoustic live and the live version is 10 times better and you can really hear what he's doing and he kind of changes up the rhythm a little bit but oh is it really yeah so like there's a lot of stuff where he's like he's a fucking really good player and smart musical theoretician or however the fuck but just makes boring songs to me yeah well but yeah, i don't but really that, know what that much style on that last song really reminiscent of him it's looking like this means Anna Bechach means the blessing that can change reality huh wow that's kind of a cool title yeah no it's like it because th- these songs like a lot of them especially like the first track and um well especially the first track <laughs> they really make me reflect on like the mysticism of like judeo-christian history you know and like all of like the the line of like the prophets and like the the mystics and all that stuff, like it's really cool, you know. What does the word? What do the lyrics mean? Vishamru. No, the oh, are you, I thought you were talking about the last one. Oh no, I was just going back to the first one. But also the, oh. I mean, some of these songs I think make me think more of like modern Judaism, more like with the Holocaust and how it was really sad. You know, especially like that last one. Like, I know it has nothing to do with the Holocaust, but like, it just brings, it just evokes that sound, you know, of like the, yeah, we went through a ton of, sh- like, we went through a ton of shtick, but, you know, like, we're here now. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like, I just love how he's just like, the singer's just belting out the lyrics, you know, how he's just so proud, you know? Um, yeah, I, I assume like anything like that's more intimate or at least just sadder sounding will kind of invoke that same. I mean, because it's thousands of years of historical pain, you know. Yeah, I mean they've yeah exiled for I don't even remember how long, like two thousand almost. <laughs> Some shit, but um, right. Yeah, I I think overall. It was it was really interesting. Like I was even like I think this is a great way to space. Like they did a really good job. Like is, is this a compilation or is this like an album? 
It's an album. It's an okay. So I think they did a good job of like spacing out tracks. So it's like yeah, I mean the the hard truth of you know being a musician or being in this industry is like you're get, you're you're gonna have filler tracks. You can't make every song be fucking phenomenal. It's just not possible. That is true. So that it's like true. you're gonna have songs that like you're not quite proud of, but they don't sound bad. You're not you know you're not you're still giving it your attention. You're not just lazily making it, but like it's just not gonna have the same impact as other songs on your album. So if you're smart and do it like they did it, you put those songs in between the fucking interesting songs. Then the impact makes it harder. As opposed to having them like all the way, like you have like two good tracks in the beginning, and then the rest of the album is kind of boring, and then you have one good track at the end. You know what I mean? Like it's a good spacer the way they did it. Yeah, like a lot of stuff, like a lot of albums tend to do that. You know, yeah. like. Um, but what was your favorite song on the whole thing? Ooh, honestly, I think it's either the reggae song or. Um, let me see. Yeah, I think it's gonna either the first one I liked, but I usually don't want to pick the first song just for mental reasons. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I like the I like the reggae song, and I really like the last track, even though I didn't really like the vocals on the last track. But um, interesting. But yeah, I, I think because those are the ones that stood out to me in the best way, and I like the catchiness of the reggae song too. Because there's a lot of reggae songs that just have the da da. And then whatever bullshit, it sounds the yeah. same as everything else. But it's it's, <laughs> right. it's the catchiness of your melody that really makes a good reggae song. It just makes you just mismo mismo she. Yeah, it's a it's a good yeah. melody. So and like I said, <laughs> the fact that it was repetitive, it was still great. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, another one that really makes me reflect of like the mysticism of like the Judeo Christian history is the fourth track, Hashem Malach. Oh yeah. Just because it's just a reflection on like God and how like it, the the song's basically just it's just talking about how awesome God is and how He like deserves the highest praise and like the you know all of like the good shit. It's 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 really cool. Do you um I I used to know about this topic briefly. I I kind of read like a Sparknote synopsis of it, but you're talking about like Jewish mysticism. Do you know anything about like the Kabbalah? I think it's what it's called. Kabbalah? Kabbalah? Some shit like that? You know what I'm talking Kabbalah? about? Kabbalah? Kabbalah, eh. I think it's called. Eh, I wouldn't know. It's like some sort... I don't know if it's like a specific doctrine or like old archaic texts or... not. It's like... It's basically... It's like Gnostic fucking Jewish doctrine or it's like an ancient Jewish philosophies and mysticisms, but I can't remember what specifically it is and I was trying to get back into it because I like that kind of stuff, but I don't know if you had any reference of it. Um, all, I mean, I can make an educated guess that that was probably, that was probably Jewish heresy that was like condemned by the prophets and the, well, not the prophets, sorry, the, um, like the, the high priests at the time. Mm. But, um, I, I, that's just my educated guess. I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, I'll give you the Wikipedia version. So it's Kabbalah, K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. Kabbalah, yeah. Yeah, so it's literally a reception tradition of correspondence is an esoteric method, discipline, and school of thought in Jewish mysticism. So tra- traditional Kabbalist in Judaism is called a makubal, M-E-K-U-B-B-A-L. And the definition varies according to the tradition and aims to follow it from its original medieval Judaism to later adaptations. It's a set of esoteric teachings meant to explain the relationship between the unchanging eternal God, the mysterious Ein Sof, the infinite, 
in the mortal fruit universe, God's creation, it forms the foundation of mystical religious interpretations within Judaism. Yeah, no, I haven't really heard of that. But that does sound quite interesting. Yeah. Did you look yeah. up... Um, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing around, but this topic always makes me... I like this kind of stuff. Is the Opus Day? Did you look any of that stuff up? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you suck. Yeah, I do. Uh, I will eventually. It does seem interesting. I'll give you that. I always find it fun. There's a like. I like the the differentiate. I mean, obviously, with religion, there's fucking millions of variations and differentiations from region that you're living in, really, or regions that yep. you live in, but. I like the little, like, divergence or, like, the, the more secretive ones or the ones that not that many people know about within it. Yeah, like, I mean, are, are you familiar with all of, like, the, I mean, not that part of, like, Catholicism, but, like, the actual different, like, Catholic churches there are? Because there's more than just the Roman Catholic Church. No, not, like, I, I, again, it's only, like, stuff, like, limited to, like, esoteric or okay. teachings or cults or just specific organizations within the religions like i don't really have a okay yeah because that's not right because that's that's not what i was talking about but yeah so then you know but um you actually would probably really like some um some byzantine catholic music a lot of that is from like like the near east um like turkey well like way long ago turkey um greece and like all of those like mediterranean near eastern countries it's it's really good stuff i assume it's pretty similar well not like similar similar but like you hear a lot more of the traditional like i, said, the, I think it's called the bazooki or more like hand percussion stuff like that it's a little bit more flavored no no it's not it's not like folk music it's it's like liturgical music oh in the sense that, like, Gregorian chant is liturgical music. Does it sound more medieval? No, no, it sounds more Eastern. Okay. But but it's, like, a different kind of Eastern. It, it's a Greek kind of Eastern, if you know what I'm saying. Where, like, it doesn't sound Arabic, but, like, it kind of does, but, like, not really. It's 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 kind of... That's what makes it so interesting to me. Yeah, it's, like, cause I've listened to some Greek bands that, in, like, I've, I've heard some traditional folk music from Greece, and... It is very similar. I mean, regionally, they're even <laughs> similar because they're just close together. So they have a bunch of influence. Right. And obviously, the same thing with like where the modern guitar comes from was like, you know, um, the Ottomans bringing it to fucking Spain. So a lot of places in Turkey, like where the, especially like in Egypt, like the Ode and all that shit, like that's basically the preface of what was the regular guitar, obviously with a bunch the bunch of variations over the years. The Ode comes from Egypt. I think I can't remember if it's a fucking very old instrument. Like I can't remember yeah, if it or if it originates in Egypt or if that's just a specific one or if it originates in Turkey. It's in one of those two places, and then I know that the the Turks brought it over to Spain, and then that's what well, basically was the preface of the classical guitar, or they called it the uh, I can't remember what they called it. I think Baroque guitar or or a specific type of lute. I don't remember what it is. Something like that, yeah. but um. But is isn't the ode? Because I thought it was like derived from Arabic culture. Am I wrong? It is, but I don't. What I don't know though is that if the Arabs got it from the Egyptians. That's what I don't remember. If it's an older, if the Egyptians had like a similar instrument that was older, because 
before they had frets, it, it was all fretless. So it's like you could change the intonation of the note with your hand depending on where it was. So I don't know if the Arabs got that from mm. the Egyptians. It's just been fucking forever yeah. since I learned it. Oh, do you know the name of that Egyptian flute? It's so uh, pretty sounding. Fuck. I, I want to get one of those. They're so awesome. Dude, there are so many fucking types of flutes. Every country's got a goddamn flute. It's hard to remember. <laughs> but, right, but it's like specifically the Egyptian one is so, so sound. And it's like so obvious that it's it's Egyptian. Wait, let me look this is up. The, let me look it up because I, I think it's a, it's a long one, right? Yeah, I think so. Egyptian flutes. Oh, the, the ney is what it's called. The ney. The N E Y, yeah, the Ney. Let's see here. I it's have also like used. A... Oh, in... yeah, it just looks like a fucking wooden flute. Yeah. It says used in like Egyptian and Persian music. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I need to get me one of those. It's, it's literally dependent on how big and wide and material and whole, you know. <laughs> There's different sounds, even from different sizes of wooden flutes. But yeah, I, I like every. I have like a like one of those shitty like tourist ones that you can get at like whatever native store or like airport if you're in South America like the ones that aren't right. like tuned anything it's just like a fucking they drilled holes so I've been trying to play it but I I like this I, it's hard it's not easy anything you do mm. with your mouth is not easy and that goes with every no. line of work whether it's singing or it's sexual it's just difficult <laughs> I knew but you were gonna say that <laughs> right but um. Man, I want to get an ode and a nay, and then my life will... are hard to play, man. It, you can't just jump into it. Well, fuck it. I want to learn because like the ode is so badass. I love it. Yeah, it's a cool sound, and I like. I mean, the closest thing you can easy is like a fretless bass, and you can. They have most of them have markers on it, so you can slide around. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind. Well, of what similar. are what are the benefits of a fretless guitar? Like I said, so before they and they used to use gut frets, like like they used gut strings, like a sheep intestine, and the whole point was so like before that you'd have to with your hand put it over a spot where a note is made. But if you're not precise, since there's no fret that makes it a regular note, you have to fucking choose it with your finger. So if you're slightly off to the left, you're a little bit flat, and if you're slightly off to the right, you're a little bit sharp. So you have to be dead on. So it's like perfect muscle memory. But the upside to that is because frets, they call it temperament. So it's like it's not in tune all the way down the neck. That's the imperfect system that the fret is like. And that's why the gut frets, they tie them on and you're able to move them. So if you played in different keys, you could change the key by moving the frets a little bit and making it a little bit more in tune. But with the fretless, you could do that with your fingers if you were really good. It was super difficult to do. But you could basically play in a bunch of different keys. And also, since they're fretless, you could do microtones, which is more common in Eastern music. So you can do the semitones between the notes. So it's just not possible to do on frets unless you put it in some weird tuning and fuck around. You know, you have to do a lot of tampering to get those kind of um, extra notes. Oh, I see. So it's like yeah. they basically – it was an imperfect system that you could control yourself and they tried to make it more manageable. But – also made it in perfect system by putting frets on it because now you're limiting the note to where it is and it's going to be different. The closest thing is they make this, not that many guitar makers do it because it's expensive. They call it true temperament frets where it's like a squiggly line. It's not a straight line. It's supposed to be a more accurate representation of what of where the note should be. Because if you know, like if you go in your guitar and you, you tune 
whatever strings and then you go down the fretboard with your tuner still on, it's going to be sharp most of the time. Mm, yeah. So that's just the the best thing you can do is tune it and then intonate it from the bridge and try to get that happy medium where everything kind of sounds in tune as opposed to one key sounding off or one key, one key sounding really off compared to some others sounding really in tune. So that's kind of the compromise. I assume. Yeah, I just want to get an ode, man. <laughs> They're fun. I know um, there's a company called Rusebeck. I don't know if I was mentioning them to you before, but they make a bunch of type of traditional instruments like harps, lutes. So I think they have a sitar too. Also a balalaika, which is like a Russian ukulele. But I, th- I think they, they sell ouds on there, and they're like 500 600 bucks. Like They're not super expensive. Oh, I see on Amazon I can get one. And get an ode for three hundred. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not super expensive. They're basically like, you know, regular cheaper classical guitar would be, except they're made a lot more difficult. I think it's like pressed wood in a bowl shape, like panels of wood together. So it's like, yeah, so it it has a really interesting shape, like, yeah, it's like an ink. It's like a half egg. Yeah, yeah. But like really at the cool. same time, you know, it is cool, and I love how like the like the neck goes up and then like the thing at the top like just bends. I think it looks so cool. Yeah, and I watched um the reason why I have this baseline knowledge. There's a guy on YouTube, you actually should follow. He doesn't do like Spanish. Well, he does some Spanish style, but he's like a classical guitar nut. And he yeah. probably has like a bunch of music degrees studying classical music and he's like knows a lot of the history and he had a video with Rob Scallon called like the the history of the acoustic guitar, classical guitar throughout the ages, and that's kind of like where I kind of did a basic synopsis of whatever the fuck I just said. But um, the reason why they have it backwards is because they had to put more strings on there because just having you know six strings with the gut strings was not loud and just kind of sounded dead. So having the harmony in the octaves of two strings doubled it made it sound a lot livelier. It gives it more of that kind of exotic kind of feel to it. And the reason why they had the necks or the headstocks curved was because if it was just a straight line, you'd have to fucking arch your hand a lot more to get it. But if it was curved, it was right there. So you didn't have to extend as much. Oh, okay. Practical. Yeah, that's man, that's so cool. I like these other, like when you see what different peoples of the world are like able to come up with based on what they have you know like with the with the incas and their whole irrigation system yeah it's so fascinating you know it's more fascinating we really don't have a good understanding of like not even just who invented it but like how they actually did it like there's a lot of things that our ancestors did that we have no fucking clue how they did and a lot of it's postulating like we don't like, there's people that sit on a dogmatic throne and publish textbooks and say this is the most likely reason why they did this or this is hypothesized how they did it when it probably isn't close to being true. And I think a lot of, like, new information about Egypt is proving that, how it's like we, they have no fucking clue how they built this. And also, like, all the shit at Machu Picchu, like, how they got those rocks up that fucking huge mountain from another mountain across a river. Like, you know, this, the pieces aren't really adding up. So I think it's kind of cool that we're just now kind of discovering that we're a little bit more advanced than we thought we were a couple thousand years ago, but not getting into like the, you know, fucking ancient aliens territory. Do you believe that it was aliens? I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's, it's very interesting that every civilization has that similar sort of design or has that similar type of architecture or like origin story. 
but I don't know. I think the one thing that is concrete is that they had methods of building shit and technology that we have no idea how they did it. A lot of it's lost. I mean, it's prehistory for a reason. It's the work of God. <laughs> like, you know the like you, um, the Fibonacci sequence that it's in Lateralis? Did we talk about this last time? I don't know, but I just, I remembered that it was, it's dubbed as the fingerprint of God. And I don't see how more fitting it could be than to call it that. It's, yeah, but it's, you you can't, it's easy to like force a bunch of like design in that ship. It's like math, right? So it's like, you don't really make it up. You kind of discover it. Like it's just an easy pattern. So it's a very, it's a very likable pattern to the human eye. So it's like most times we do it innately. Yeah. Just like God. Yeah. It's not something you make up, it's something to discover. <laughs> it's just the perfect ratio for things. Cuz like also right, like, nature, and like, like symmetry too, like it's in it's in a lot of nature. Yeah, because you can see it in like flowers, you can see it like in that Japanese wave painting. You can see it in like you're literally your your fingerprint has it. Yeah. Like the way like all those curves are going, it's following the Fibonacci sequence. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, the reason why I brought that up cuz I, I I swore we mentioned this last time, but um when uh because maynard was on the joe rogan podcast and he was talking about that and he was like (laughs) he's like it's kind of sophomoric for me to like force that those kind of numbers onto the song (laughs) he's like your face is that he's like i'm i'm reprimanding myself for being a little bit silly (laughs) so but that was also that was also interesting how they brought it up like how since it's in our face and like because, like, the, the Fibonacci sequence has to be, like, perfect and follow the formula. And if it doesn't, it completely goes to shit. And that's why when you see someone who has had plastic surgery, you just, you could tell immediately. And I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you know that something's fucking wrong. I just think it's funny because, like, most people that kind of delve into, like, intellectualism or they just, they won't shut the fuck up about sacred geometry. They always, like, cite the Fibonacci fucking sequence as a as a starting point right that's like the the intro to the fucking law of attraction or whatever bullshit they're trying to sell you is there any other kind of thing like that that you know about what the fibonacci sequence well like anything like that where like it occurs in nature and it's like geometrical or something like that or or just nature is and that's like that's what i'm saying like it's just math it's just discovering patterns in our lifetime that's basically you you can argue it's universal or i mean most people think that it's only you know subject to the universe or the planet that we live on so fuck if i know if it's like that on every other planet or whatever right but it's just i mean on here it's pretty much math and it's just patterns so like there's thousands of geometrical similarities to everything and also it's physics so it's like shitty geometry doesn't work for a lot of things <laughs> you know oh, right I mean? and I, I i understand that um but what i was more asking is like do you know specifically of like a certain kind of thing like that like the fibonacci sequence like i'm sure there, there has to be or like it has a recognizable kind of pattern and like you could see like it's just it's just naturally pleasing to the eye I guess the Pythagorean theorem, it's kind of similar. I don't know how close it is to the Fibonacci sequence, but like you can kind of do like a spiral with it or a, it's like a bunch of triangles that invert out oh. into a spiral. So it's kind of the same thing, but no, I don't really know too my brain's I realize not, it. My brain's not math wired, so, but I'm sure there's thousands. And like I said, like I, I had a brief introduction to sacred geometry, but it was more of like, 
you know, these patterns and lines and circles make a fucking flower or it's like it resembles planets or resembles fucking whatever. I don't know. But again, all of it just is ubiquitous and it doesn't really have like a meaning to me. So I I just kind of forgot it. (laughs) But again, my brain isn't really focused. My brain is not wired that way. I got you. Yep. Um, So going back to the the album, Shabbat album by Arsidur. Sorry, Arsidur is not the name of the album. It's the name of the band that made it. What would you give the album out of 10? I'll give it a seven and a half. Yeah, that's a that's or a very good rating. Seven. I don't know why I'm my brain's feeling a seven point seven. <laughs> nice. I'm feeling a an eight. I feel like it would be an eight if I like if it didn't have that one song that I fucking hated. <laughs> so I right. Give it a seven point seven. I, I hate ju- that's why I'm not an album person. Like I hate judging albums because there's a bunch of bodies of work in the album that i really love and i don't want to be part of the actual score you know what i mean right that's why people have a hard time like assigning a numerical value to a tv show yeah because they're like well the show used to be awesome but like now it sucks and it's like not the same show anymore so it's like when i'm saying i give it like x out of 10 am i talking about just the part i liked or just like the later on like all together it's you know no one can put an answer on it yeah um but yeah. Um, oh, you're asking about um, other geometrical things. I guess a parabola has a lot of spiritual significance of like, you know, two planes mm, coexisting yeah. together on the same type of trajectory, but they're always opposite, you know, kind of split, but the same. So that a lot of parabola, like, there's a lot of just like shit that, I don't know, it's, uh, I think a lot of it, like I said, like the Fibonacci sequence is forced meaning or it's just people recognizing why a pattern works or why it's universally dominant in nature just based off of evolution or whatever the fuck. But you can put any sort of spiritual significance to math, which is just music in general. Because music is math. Sure. It's vibration. It's physics. But I don't know anything I know. about quantum yeah. physics or anything like that. So I feel like if I understood more of quantum physics, I would be able to bridge more of these concepts together. But it's like a fuzzy kind of pie chart in my brain <laughs> yeah isn't quantum physics like the alternate universes and stuff like that it's and, just and like basically how... like understanding concepts that are way too complex to be useful on earth really like time oh. travel time is abstract black holes right. um alternate dimensions is one of them sure uh schrodinger's fucking cat um you know and black abs- holes are like I think that's like some of the most mysterious, cool shit in the world. It's cool that we got the that, first photograph of them in our lifetime because before it was just theorized by Einstein, but now it's a reality, which is cool. No, wait, let me see this this shit. You don't remember when that came out? It was a I don't picture. Long... It was a meme. It was like that. I mean, I've seen one, but like, I don't remember if it's like. You know when? How old that, is this? Like, that lady, not super old. I think like a couple of years. Like she was sitting, fucking smiling her ass off because she was the one that got the photograph of the black hole. So people kept putting oh, no. a meme, like a I can't remember, just like whatever stupid picture. That's, <laughs> but I, what the fuck was her name? I can't remember what her name was, but she was some. I don't know if she worked for NASA, but she's some fucking scientist that found it. I see. Is it this like blackish orangey one? Yeah. But I can't I can't remember. It was Katie something. What the fuck was her name? Yeah, it looks. It's like it's like really glowing, a lot of light, and it's it almost like it goes up and it makes like an arc, and then it comes back down. Yeah, like o- over to... the the circle. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm specifically talking about the picture of her. Oh, Katie Booman, that's her name. So, like, if you type in Katie Booman, like, it'll show the picture. Like, it's on her laptop and she's fucking, like, cheesing out. Black hole meme. Yeah. Ooh, I looked up that. And then it brought up, like, the con- this one meme is brought- bringing up the connection between um, the black hole and the, uh, the eye of Sauron. I was like, ooh, yeah. yeah I never thought about like it that way. That is badass, yeah. So the fact that that, I mean, I don't know of black hole. I mean, I'm sure there's something to do with quantum physics, but, um, yeah, like there's also the theory of like living in a matrix or string theory or dark matter, all that shit. What is string theory? I've heard of that one like a billion times, but cause like, I know what, um, the other one you mentioned was, but I, the string theory, I don't remember that. Well, it's kind of similar. Like they call it the guard Like this is specifically referring to dark matter. And that's what the, that one hydrogen hydrogen that one that particle collider in europe that everybody was freaking out thing that causing the mandela effect like they're trying to they're searching for this particle that makes up a lot of the universe it's like antimatter dark matter and they're trying to collide a bunch of different shit to find it um but so that's a theory that that's kind of like the backbone or source ingredients for our universe i think it's kind of a similar premise with string theory where it's like a bunch of these, some sort of material, not material, but some sort of particle that basically has to do with vibration and time and how basically our universe is originated. But again, since time is theorized to be abstract, you don't know when it fucking started. If it's just has always been or if it keeps going, blah, 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 you can answer that philosophical question for the rest of your life. But it's just a bunch of like theories like that that's been kind of like the black hole where it's like we're pretty sure it's there we just can't definitively prove it and they're looking for it yeah um i know i've been asking so many questions but it's just because this stuff is like so fascinating and i don't really know much about it but like it's hard to get into because like i said it's i can imagine yeah (laughs) it's it's a lot of people's opinions on it it's a lot of theories it's a lot of math so it's like you can't really understand it till you understand the math and that's just fucking impossible for me but Right, but um, what was the one? I was, yeah, but like all of that stuff with like the dark matter and the antimatter. I'm like, what is that? That is sounds really, really juicy. Yeah, so they're they're theori- also like I wait, think, wait. Also, think- don't isn't it like we don't really know what dark matter is? We just kind of guess. Like we we know that there's something like kind of like it or something. I may be wrong, but I think. It has to do with black holes. I think it's it's something about like why they're existing or what they actually are. But let me do a quick little search here. I think it's specifically relating to black holes. Um, what is dark matter? This is where I wish I could retain more information. Um, yes, it's a component of the universe whose presence is discerned from its gravitational attraction rather than its luminosity so it does have to do with black holes except 30.1 percent of matter energy composition of the universe the rest is dark energy so maybe it's just also part of what makes up the universe and i guess how it reacts with black holes some shit interesting does not absorb light because it doesn't interact with electromagnetic field so that's what makes a black hole a black hole, well, not interacting with an ma- electromagnetic field. I'm, I'm making educated guesses of why that is, correlates uh, to a black hole. I, I'm, I, it, it's hard for me to fucking look on the fly, but I think that's what it is. 
But it makes right. sense, right? Yeah. I mean, because aren't black holes, like, they're, like, the opposite of light, essentially? Because, like, oh, yeah. they... Because, like you said, like, they don't absorb any light. They, like... Well, if you know, I'm like, reading this correctly, if it's if they're bridging dark matter to black holes, it like it just said, it doesn't react with the electromagnetic field at fucking all. So it's like it doesn't even emit radiation. Oh yeah, because without fucking, radiation, there's no light, I guess. So. Yeah, because I, I don't know what Einstein said about it, but I guess before I was looking into the shit, mind you, it's still, you know, infant, infantile. But I just assumed that it was just like, the nice reference of nothing or like the abscess of every the absence of everything like or it's just something weird with the gravity where it's some gravitational fucking anomaly that just sucks you into some other dimension or just sucks you into nowhere like it's it's hard to grasp where nowhere is and also like if you like philosophically if you don't believe in nowhere you have to believe in somewhere you know what i mean or right because like, like, well, that actually, gets into that gets into like logic because we're with like the does nowhere exist where it's like well is nowhere a a place yes like therefore it it is a place but it's not nowhere like it's not nothing yeah but it's it's really complicated i'm actually kind of curious to know this because i remember when i was growing up religious i had a weird time thinking about it and just like the concept of space and other like planets and dimensions and stuff like that like it's a right. weird thing to think about because it's not really talked about too much um theologically so it's like is the whole and like you have to think oh about it like, is but i mean well i don't know like how you were taught but go on well what i'm saying is like there's there is some mentions of everything but like you know like there's some like religious people that believe the world's six thousand years old or there's no mention flat of dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah you know, you know what i mean so right like, I, I don't oh, know what yeah. religious knowledge extends to because it doesn't mention other planets does it um I don't is, think it does, but which I mean, is but weird because civilizations before Christ have had the knowledge of other planets, like that's just astrologically okay, yeah. proof of that. Well, right, but the Israelites were really—they're poor. I mean, what do you expect them to do? <laughs> well, no, that's not my point. What I'm saying is, like, there was some like historical context of another planet or another star. System. Oh no, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, yeah, like that's that's true. Like the Romans obviously did ton, tons of like astronomy. So did like even the Native Americans. I know. Right, so that's what my point is. Like, there's not too much about like other places besides like heaven, earth, and hell. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, they know like the stars, and they know what that is. But like, yeah. But at the same, because like you know, that was in the time where like, you know, they didn't know that like certain stars you would see, or that you might see in the sky were planets. You know. Um, that's that's, kind of, that's my whole point. So it's like because like they had that limited information back in that day there wasn't really a specific theory about it so it's like like in the modern times where we go out exploring space like that's why i'm just like i i was always interested in the concept of like you know like like what is the extent of creation so it's like did it just stop on earth or did he like mess around with other planets or what is you know the laws of space like you know what i mean like it, it was always interesting yeah, like, to where that extended to is like the universe infinite or or it, it's like I think I might have heard that like it's it's kind of like an oval, but like I I don't remember if that was true or not. Well, that's what they say. I mean, just in layman's terms, the it's always expanding, right? And like I said, because time is abstract, it, it's either like it's it never had a starting point; it just always was. So it's like in my head, it's like what makes more sense: did nothing come from nothing, or did nothing come from something, or did something come from nothing? You know what I mean? 
like it's it's just it's a it's a concept that we just we're never going to wrap our heads around really the answer faith that's where faith comes in <laughs> right but it's it's still like it's still just no, yeah. think about in that context of like you know, absolutely like, so it's like did nothing create god or was god always there like the universe like there's there's a lot of parallels that kind of bridge oh yeah well the teaching is that well obviously god is i mean he always was there but um right so that's what i'm saying it's but, abstract but, like the kind of like well, the right exactly and like the reason that like why it can, he can be very hard to understand and like his in his his act is because he is outside of time right so like his like he's he doesn't think in the same way that we do obviously because he is outside of time you know and, and like we can't i mean we, we can think to ourselves like hmm being outside of time is probably a lot different than being inside of time but we can kind of go like yeah i mean there probably is a bunch of stuff going on that's like beyond our understanding you know i mean obviously, but we like, can time yeah but is we a very man-made concept so it's like not even just like the theory it's scientific time. yeah yeah so obviously like you know different i mean we i mean people always make a big deal of like you know like if you go into space and just depends like our day is just basically the movement of the sun over the earth or like the gravity you know what i mean like there's a bunch of different types of correlations that we constitute to time but just as an actual thing it's just so abstract and i don't know i know like in terms of motion it's different like in space and farther away from earth it's like if you're higher you you go faster than you are closer to the earth that's why, like, intercontinentalist or those, like, nukes that fucking go into space and then drop back down, they can, tr you know, fucking travel thousands and thousands of miles a lot quicker. Um, yeah, that's that's what's so interesting, because, like, there's certain parts of, like, the universe where, like, we're, we just, we don't know if the rules of, like, like, if the laws of physics, like, would even apply to them, you know? Yeah, that's what I, I'm saying. That's what's so... is based on Earth. I know, yeah. That's so fascinating. But I'm just saying, um, just in general, like like what you think about just like the creation of other things, like other like other planets, or like do you believe in like life and out there in the world or in the universe? I should say. Um, I mean, even if there is, which I mean, like, yeah, there might be. I don't think there is, but I'm not like completely closed off to the idea that there. That 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 there is, but like I personally like don't really see how that would contradict anything in like my faith because like no, no, no. he it's did not meant to contradict i'm just saying do you think it's interesting because like i mean obviously oh like, definitely no definitely for it like why like who would care about like why would like god tell people on earth about life on another planet you know what i mean like it and i don't think why i don't see why it'd be relevant and then if it's from the man-made concept and they just didn't have the perspective back then what I'm saying is just like, just like because it's so mysterious and it's so much gray area and there's no actual like legitimate doctrine on it. Although like most people, I, I feel like most people that you ask, because I've had the conversation with my mom because like she's, I was, because she's like into like ghosts and spirits, just also religious yeah, and man. just like in general, like she's scared of fucking, right. well not scared of, but like she thinks that they're real. But she doesn't believe in aliens. So I've always, that it's interesting for people that like either don't yeah. believe in ghosts and believe in aliens or believe in aliens and don't believe in ghosts or if they don't believe in either. It's, it's very interesting. But I feel like a lot of religious people don't believe in aliens or that life could exist, but they believe in like spirits and ghosts. But isn't it, um, isn't it highly 
as as far as we know scientifically like wouldn't it be quite hard for like sentient life to exist in like other parts of the universe based on like the environment and stuff like that of other planets well statistically you'd have to think since it's fucking endless and it's constantly expanding and there's billions and trillions and billions of universes like to even have one other planet that's like us is i mean it's it's almost a guarantee now i don't know how much you know highly sophisticated intelligent sentience there is in the universe i feel like it has to be somewhere you know what i mean so it's like there's a million and also you get it gets touchy again because then you get into the theory of alternate dimensions so it's like if there's millions of different possibilities of us like that's also a possibility too yeah um but you were asking me like if it's like i think it's interesting oh absolutely i think it's interesting um because like it's always um cool to see what there is out there you know yeah and like for me i just look at it um and this isn't me preaching you obviously but this is i just kind of see it as like yeah there's just a lot of shit that god made that like i wish i want to know more about it you know (laughs) that's just how I, i do these things um but um the idea of aliens where I mean, I know, like, we, we, like, we depict them in certain ways. Like, do I believe in aliens like that? No. I, I can kind of say, like, no, I don't really think that aliens, like, the way we depict them in movies and whatever it is, I don't really think that's what it is. Because I think, but you think life, intelligent life out there somewhere. In the sense that we are intelligent? No, I don't. So you don't think there's but a I, civilization out there somewhere in the universe that's like a little like probably okay like let's say our stone age or our medieval age something like that. Um no I don't something like that is like sentient and a civilization I don't um I like I said I am open to the possibility like, yeah there might be some like like bacteria or like fish kind of thingies on like Mars but I don't think there's things that have the same consciousness as like or a similar kind of consciousness as we do so you don't think there's any sort of civilization okay let's say like of animals like something close to like primates how they're communal they have some sort of technology they can have communication they can do shit no because i really kind of look at that in the same way that i view fantasy because we don't know what it is we're just guessing well like it's not right like putting a specific right. type of thing it's just like is there intelligent life somewhere on some planet that because like you look in the universe there are planets that are able to sustain life but they're so far away we barely can get a glimpse of them so like there's no way we can study them or send a fucking robot to go out there you know what i mean like we don't have this the vast like nowhere well, close sure. to us can sustain life so that's why but like like there's planets that are definitely are have like a similar like planet to ours that have a fucking atmosphere and are closer enough but just far away enough from the sun to sustain actual life you know what i mean like there are planets that are like that and you think as big and advanced as the universe is there's gotta be millions of planets that are like that so that's why i'm saying statistically i think it's totally plausible that there's intelligent life out there that's like us oh yeah i i, I can see what you're saying but for me i just think us um like we as human beings making that metaphysical claim well no, it's not metaphysical Sorry, um, I misspoke. M- making that 
that guess is like, and it's it's you know, you, like you said, you can back it up with very adequate in like information and sources and facts to like be like, hey, um, like we have this and this and that, so like it's it's highly likely that this this and that, and yeah, I accept that. But for me, I think the idea that there is sentient life in the way that we are, that is just kind of like us putting something that like we understand and like the, the way we understand of it and applying it to something that like, you know, out there, like, I don't really think, I don't even know if it would. Cause like, like the way you were talking about like civilization, I just don't really understand how that would work outside of the context of like humanity, you know? Well, it's the whole point of it being sentient. It's not, I'm not saying it's a similar culture to ours. I'm saying like the capacity to have some sort of consciousness and some sort of sentience or self autonomy. Like it can be in ways that we can never understand. It could be less intelligent or more sophisticated than us. But I think it's, I don't know. It's like I said, statistically, I think it's just a guarantee that there is life out there, but how coordinated and how fucking sophisticated it is, that's the question. But I'm just saying like, I don't like it can be humanoid or animal or just, like it doesn't matter what the fuck it is, or it could be just matter or energy. Like there could be sentient energy. You have no idea. And I, I see that. But I'm just simply saying, us, sorry, we saying that is just our understanding of things and applying it to other places. Because there still is the possibility that it's not. But um, I do see where you're coming from. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's all so I really what, have to like say. What, like, what doesn't, or what, what makes that seem impossible? Well, because of the way that we're just kind of like you like this it's just the way our consciousness is as human beings and like the way we perceive things you know right but i'm not saying that there's a civilization that has a consciousness that's like ours well i understand that but well like but i but consciousness like but like sentience implies that it's 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 higher you know it's a sense of self it's like you you're aware that you're a thing and you can communicate with other things. Right, but um are you saying like so does like a fish count as a sentient being? So if there's types of fish that can communicate with other types of fish, then sure. But if there's right, fishes then... that are just fucking stupid and they just like a goldfish like the three seconds of memory and then they're gone, then no. Because they don't understand. But I don't I don't know the sentience of a fish. I don't know how much it understands. I don't think I mean, I think as science goes on, like we can, you know, detect the animals that have a larger scales of intelligence, like fucking dolphins are highly intelligent that can communicate. Primates are highly intelligent and communicate. I think there's even primates that are sentient, I would say, because like they have a, they know they have a name, they can communicate with sign language. You know what I mean? But they're not like more sophisticated than humans are. Elephants are not oh, a highly okay. intelligent animal. And, and there's actually, I was saying the other day, that elephants actually, they're theorizing that they have a religion. They said that they gather around the moon. So like they're, it's theorized that elephants worship the moon. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like I, I have no fucking idea what sentience is out there, but it just statistically to me, it's impossible to say that there is no other sentient life outside of our own, just in, just not even, like I said, past our galaxy. Still a metaphysical claim, <laughs> but I digress. I well so because you're still going off of like a this is what I think because well, the likelihood like of this and like spirits and shit. 
Not necessarily. Normal, right? No, metaphysical deals with like, like the meta concepts of being and like what it really means to be. So like a metaphysical claim, I'm going to give you the classic example. The, a metaphysical claim is saying that science proves everything or like science explains everything. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't because can science, does science say that science proves everything? No, it doesn't. So well, you're using a tentative. So it's like you, you fix the no, things. But that's a meta. But that's a metaphysical claim in and of itself. I think it'll because be- because metaphysical is like not things that you like observe the f- in the physical world in the way that si- in, in the way in the way it science is. But you're using a metaphysical claim to explain why science is important. I see. You see? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It also deals with a lot of spirituality, but it's essentially just things about our nature and our being and things like in the world that can't be explained empirically or with like scientific evidence. So they have to be explained, you know, in, in, in that sense. Um, well, I think when you're talking about anything that you don't have any distinctive proof for, you can throw whatever fucking word you want. It's just all going to be like what makes the most sense to the majority of people versus what's the counter idea to, or what challenges that narrative. So it's like, there is no definitive proof. I'm just saying statistically, it makes the most sense than not because like, you know, it's like the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence kind of shit. So it's like, there's more shit proving it right than proving it wrong. All right. Well, yeah, I, I, I accept that, but, but yeah, um, definitively who fucking knows. Exactly. I so. But I hope I get to see something in my lifetime. <laughs> um yeah but um if you were talking about the the like that those kind of fish being sentient could something be out there it could be i don't know but um so why if there's a capacity yeah. for life that there's only lower types of sentience like like what like what does that mean to you then like why are we the only ones that are graced with it because that's just like i was talking about like the way we think of things as humans and how we tend to like as humans we like overestimate things we can think very highly of ourselves we can over you know like like all that stuff right we can be very arrogant it's the arrogance no i think it's 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 quite arrogant in my eye to to think that like we're not special that's that's how i view things because human beings and i talked about this in the podcast i had with ethan how human beings are indeed like the greatest species of all time. No other species is smarter than us, is more sophisticated than us, and has done like so much shit in such a short period of time. You know, because like the the like the universe has existed for like what like four point six billion years or whatever it is, and we've done this in just like four thousand years or like however much it was. I don't remember, but. Yeah, that's not a lot of time, but we've still done all of this stuff, you know, where it's like, is there any other recorded anything of anything like this? No. Yeah, but that's because there's we, there's nothing else to base it off of where the, this is it. We only have evidence of stuff that's happened on our own planet and that even that has we barely understand. We barely understand the ocean and we're just now being I mean, we only been in space since what the fucking 60s. And there's people still alive yeah, right. today that, well, I mean, they're fucking old, but like there's people still alive that have been around before we went to space. 
Yeah, that's true. So it's like that's what I'm saying. It's it's the arrogance, or it's like the fear that we're like we're alone, or that we're smaller, or more less, more or less insignificant, we're more insignificant than we think we are. But yeah, on this planet, there's nobody that's like us for sure. But you know, to say that like we're the only ones in the fucking universe, I think is an arrogant statement. That's like that. I I just don't really see how it is. When, like, I said, um, there's nothing really, like, because there is no definitive proof that there, and like, like you said, there is like a, like you said, there's a good case you can make for it, but it's that there is life outside of this planet, but it still is a metaphysical claim. Because like, I, because I heard this one argument, like, um, how, you know, it's like, Living on Earth is like living in, you know, a puddle. You didn't know that there was like a whole ocean out there, you know. And it's like, yeah, but well, how that's, do you know that the ocean is the evidence thing? Like it, you right? Know but the they... scope of what you know until you know what you don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's right? But we're an arrogant claim to make that when we have no definitive proof either way. Well, we're still using an example, and like. How do you say like when you well like, like like you're using a like like a simile with things that we understand, and it's not like because you're still using it in the in the concept of like a pond in an ocean, and it's like well, we like we 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 know what those things are because those are on our planet, and like I know like I'm not really I'm not really sounding very good, but it's basically it's just it's just using things that like we know to explain this other thing I'm, I'm not explaining myself very well but i'm trying to just get an understanding so because we don't know it then it doesn't exist or because we don't know it we don't no, it's, know it's, definitively what happens out there that we can't say that it does exist is that what you're saying what i'm saying is that because there's no proof, you cannot definitively say, and I know you not, like, not you specifically, but we cannot definitively say, like, that there is these things when right. there is no definitive proof. If you proof don't have it. definitive proof, you can't say 100%. And that's the thing with black holes, right? Black holes started as a theory, and, like, we can't definitely say they were real because we haven't found one until recently. You know what I mean? Like, it was highly probable that they exist just based off of the math and the numbers, and I don't know what other reasons why we theorize they exist i don't fucking know einstein but like it was something that was highly probable and not you know proven until recently concretely right what i'm saying so it's like it's taking things that are highly probable and exploring them and figuring them out and saying this is the most likely chance of this succeeding and then you just kind of work out the fucking numbers until you get definitive proof and that's why i'm saying it's supposed to be tentative so it's like I don't like, I think it's arrogant to make statements when we don't know for sure, but then you explore the most likely things, and if it is a failure, then you can cross it off until you're proven otherwise. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so, yeah, I can't yeah. definitively say there is life out there. I'm just saying statistically, it's probably more likely than not. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad way of looking at it. And me, I'm just like, well, number one, we don't have, like, we don't know for sure. But number two, it doesn't really bother me. Because with, like, my understanding of scripture and stuff like that, because, like, and, like, I know you weren't really wanting to talk about this. Like, for me, it doesn't, I don't really see how it would contradict anything that I believe in because God came to earth to save humans. 
you know so it's like if there's aliens like who cares i don't know like well, well no like my like 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 i said before like my point wasn't to like get you to make a contradiction because like i what i when I, originally when i said like i remember growing up religious i was always interested in the concept of like life outside of like earth and like how that would work or like what would god think about you know what i mean like i just since there was really no reference to it i didn't really heard anybody else talk about it, i was just curious to know because like it was interesting to me like i i assumed like to my mind that like you know like like what if we weren't the only plan like what if like he you know god did this with other plans too to see which ones work better and which ones sucked and which ones didn't work and you know, he was a he was a crafter, he was an experimenter, and he was constantly cre- like it was the, the concept of creation. So it's like it was weird to me that we're the only ones that was the center of creation, which is a big thing to say because that's the whole point of faith, right? Is like you know the concept of sin and like him Jesus dying for our sins. Like we seem to be a very big deal in that regard. But like you, I always have to think like you know was it like that on other planets? Like you know what I mean? Like well, it makes God's you... creation of like he made one gigantic universe and just stopped with one planet of people. Yeah, no, it's it's just I That's mean, why I thought it was some... interesting, right? Because I mean, some questions like this are easier to answer than others. Um, well, no, there's no but, I mean... answer. I just think what what you thought about it, like if you think right, God, well, like created other life besides our planet. Well, to me, I mean, like if we are the only. Well, because that's the thing. That's just the thing. It, it brings back to the problem I have with like, if we are the only thing, it's like, well, I mean, as far as we were concerned, yes, we are. And also, like I said, there's nothing really. I don't think there would be anything like humans. So, do religious people make that claim that we're the only beings in the universe? Because I feel like a lot of religious people feel that way, but I, like, there's no like specific like like nobody's like telling people that's the case, right? I don't really know. But like I said, because with my understanding of the faith and what we believe as Catholics is that like there's literally nothing you can find in science that disproves the Bible. So I don't really know how other types of religious people feel about it, but that's just our sentiment about it. Well, that's uh, but what I'm, I'm saying is like I don't think it disproves it. Like like the thing about dinosaurs, I don't think like proving dinosaurs exist is a contradiction to the Bible because like they just didn't have that. No, it's not. That's what I'm well, saying. Right. Like, there's no, it, it, it's not a contradicting thing in my mind. It's just there, there's no information. Like there's nothing. Yeah, right. And also, yeah, because like, because if like people go like, oh, well, doesn't like dinosaurs disprove like the whole creation story? And it's like, well, no, because like you have to take into account like what was a day to these like to these writers back in like who knows when this was written? Like it probably wasn't 24 hours, you know, like. Yeah. And like I know people can say that that's like a cop out, like, like you know, like we're backtracking and and stuff like that. But from the the Thomistic view of the Bible, you can know that it's never that you were like we were we were wrong about um, the Bible. It's just that we were reading the Bible wrong, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I've never really. Like, especially, like, looking at things from a historical context and how there's so much gray area just in general, it's hard to definitively say anything about our ancient past. So I don't even want to go there making claims of, like, what actually happened because, honestly, just researching this shit, like, people that they say they definitively know don't know. Like, there's so much context you lose from not fucking being there and things being lost in translation, things being scammed. Like, it's just there's so much shit that you have to go through and it's just... And looking how, like I said, how it's just, it's becoming more apparent that we were a lot more advanced back in the day 
than what's being taught or the fact that like in you know like you remember in school in history every fucking thing you learned was wrong the next year because they just wanted to ease <laughs> us into some bull you know what i mean like it's just it's fucking stupid oh, i know the way we teach our past and it's right it's but wrong, um with you and i don't know no, what i know answer is but i feel like a lot of it's wrong i mean yeah you're right about that how like the way that a lot of history is taught is wrong because it's not and you would probably agree with me is that it's not really taught in like the most objective way you can it's 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 just it has to have like a, a viewpoint with like cherry-picked things in it you know yeah it's, it's it's literally history makes the right and honestly because there's it's millions and billions of people and like so many different cultures and so many fucking years ago it's partly we don't know how things happen but we're making up excuses also partly covering information that's clearly fucking wrong to further some agenda it's not like that all the time but i I feel like there's pieces of that in there for sure right also another part of it is like maybe we don't like i said we don't have the context it's like we can get the best you know anthropologists or archaeologists and we can make a hypothesis of what their language sounded like you know what i mean but like that might be ted fucking wrong like we barely know what the egyptians look like we only know like based off of some descriptions or maybe some fucking drawings or depictions but we don't really have a basic knowledge. Well, right, because that's that's science and like and like theorizing and like yeah. making you know because it's just we're observing what there is and making inclusion making conclusions based on evidence. And like you said, like being there really is a big thing that like we just don't really have any concept of because they're essentially just stories that are passed down, you know. Um. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. like playing telephone. Like, you get a room with 10 people, you can't get the same fucking story. So, like, how the fuck are we supposed to get that right thousands and thousands of years? Right. Especially with places with no written history. <laughs> like, it's impossible. Right, but that's what's so fascinating about the Jews is that they just, they have that super long history of writing, you know? Yeah. Well, and obviously, I mean, there is the faith element with the Bible, and because I mean, I do have to question myself multiple times because I'm, I'm reading this uh, book about the history of the Jews and a bunch of like weird shit that happened a- among Jewish history. And I stopped to ask myself, I'm like, you know, like, is all of this real? Like, did all this happen? I'm just like, I was about to ask you that. Like, isn't there a lot of conflicting information between like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Judaism well, and Catholics. So like, I, I imagine there's a lot of shit that you're like, what is real? Well, yeah. Conflicting between the two religions is what you're asking? Yeah, culturally too. I feel like there's a lot of conflicting information. That's why they're two whole fucking different branches of what's supposed to be the same God. You know what I mean? Well, they are the same God, but it's just because they don't, the Jews are different because they don't accept the new covenant. They don't accept that's, Christ, right? Like the whole, well, the whole, well, right, of it, they don't accept. That's why it's completely conflicting because that's the whole point of Christianity. That's, that's the part they deny. Well, it's that, yeah, because they they can't, like, come to the grips with the idea that God could have made himself human and lived among us, you know, as the final sacrifice. Um, but, like, the more you actually think about it, the more it makes sense and the more it really resonates with you. Um, because modern Judaism is obviously, like, extremely different than the way Judaism was practiced you know, 2000 years ago. Right. And that's so like, you can obviously see from that, that Christianity is just this kind of like extension of Judaism. Well, it's not, it's not like a DLC. It's just, it's just the next step. 
you know, but there's nothing really because like when you actually read like the Old Testament, you can actually see all of these different things and how they play out later in the life of Jesus and stuff like that. When you when you see all of the prophets like predicting, you know, and having these these visions of the Messiah and stuff like that, you see how it pays off later on the line. And that's why I just don't really I just don't really understand like I'm just like guys like why don't you think the Messiah is coming? I don't get it. <laughs> well, they were there first. <laughs> no, I know, and like I I don't blame the the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees for not believing Jesus because there had been tons of there had been tons of false prophets and like just you know people claiming to be the Messiah. They were probably just like yeah. Why is this guy any different, you know? Like, I, I don't blame him, but... Well, and also, without that, then he wouldn't have been condemned to death, and he wouldn't have made the sacrifice, and he wouldn't have, you know, redeemed the world, but... It's a silver lining, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that in, that's the biggest silver lining of, of history, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. But, no, I, it's just like when, you, like, when you read the Bible as, as a Christian, it doesn't... Um, like, like you can see certain passages that like, you like it, it may be like, oh, like you hear this, like, why does it say this? But we do this. And it's like, well, there's multiple things that you need to think about. Like, well, like what is said before the specific line in the Bible and what is said after. And also like really what it is that it means. Cause it's like, do we take it at face value or do we take it of like, you know, it's it's complicated. It's not an easy... Like, the Bible is not an easy book to read or understand. It takes quite a long time. And I don't even f fully understand it. Because, like, there's this passage about... In, in the Bible, I think it was, like, Elijah, I think, was the prophet. He was, like... He was just chilling. And then these kids were, like, making fun of him. And then he called, like, upon God or something to, like... For, for for something and then like a bear they like the kids got mauled by a bear i was like uh okay <laughs> i think that was my main thing too with the, like just realizing how much like it, it's easy in my head to see why there's so many different religions and there's so many different interpretations and just sex just in christianity itself because like it's a poetic book so it's like half the shit in there you read you can take it millions of different ways and just whoever has the most influence or whoever just fucking has the narrative of this is what it means then sure so it's like you know, how are you supposed to take anything at face value? Because, like, you ask five people to read it, they're going to give you probably a different iteration if they never had that context of, like, let's say, like, if you took five people that didn't grow up in a specific type of religion, you just told five of them that God's real, this is the general message, and then you have them read the Bible, and then you say, what is your interpretation of this passage or this story? What is the moral, right? Or if you're supposed to read the word, like, the same thing with, like, the like Noah's Ark, right? So it's like, is it every animal on the planet or just every animal they had around them at that time? So it's like, they didn't mention every fucking animal that was in existence in the Bible. It would be, you know, thousands of more pages long, if not millions of more pages. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you just... Right, you, you just, but... It's like translations of languages... They're so old, over thousands of years, multiple down to the modern English version. I just don't think like taking those words at face value makes sense. And then, I just it's hard to just like just get general context anyway. So it's like like how like specifically like you can take one sentence and somebody like preaches that as gospel, but then like you read it, and it's just like what is the specific context? Oh, that's why you have the church to help you but what i actually that's wanted what my to point is like that's their interpretation of that what it's supposed well, to mean it, 
No, it isn't. I must say it's well, but it is though, be- because every everybody has their own interpretation. Like every sect has a different interpretation of it. You might yes, not agree but with Catholic- it, but that's why they have their own sect because it's that ubiquitous. Yes, but this is something that I really try to explain to people is that Catholicism is not a sect of Christianity. And this is why that non-denominational Christianity is bullshit because there's no such thing as non-denominational Christianity outside of Catholicism. Because when people talk about like, oh, we need like Christian unity, it's like we can't have Christian unity without Catholicism because we need to have everyone under the Eucharist. And when you don't have the Eucharist, you don't have this understanding of like, why is it that we need to go to church every Sunday? And why is it that like a church is special and stuff like that? But the biggest difference between, well, for lack of a better term, the Catholic church as opposed to any, well, and they're not churches because they don't have the Eucharist. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's just how it is. The, The biggest difference is that the Catholic church will tell you where you're wrong when you are trying to understand scripture as opposed to any of the other like 2000 plus denominations or whatever they're they'll tell you where you're right and it's like well you know if all of these other people are telling me it's right then like well you know how how do i know and like right, well there's have to think about it back in the context of that time like they didn't have the catholic church back in that day when the Bible was written. So it's like, you can't base it off of that because it wasn't even around. So it's like, you have to think about contextually. You had the, right. But you had the, you had the Jewish people and that was the original mission of Judaism was to like gradually, not in the same way as like Christianity, but to like bring godliness into the world. And when you, well, like, like you were saying, like thinking about like the historical context of these biblical stories, And that's true because when you actually take into account, like when you look through the lens of the biblical world, which was essentially just the middle, it was just the near East and parts of the middle East. You can actually see like, like with Noah's Ark, there is evidence that shows like with certain part, like, you know, patterns in the sand, I think. And like in certain excavations, I don't remember how, but like there's just like certain archeologists like do know that there was a flood that was in that entire region, which was the known world at the time. Right. But and it also- was thousands of years older. So like, I know like the ones that they're, I mean, it's, it's still considered pseudoscience for like 12,000 years is the, is the primary kind of, or 11, 11,600, 12,000 years. So like their theory was that like an asteroid hit like Greenland and it flooded like millions of coastal cities around the planet so it's like i mean every origin story no matter what culture you think what has depictions of a flood right or like a catastrophic flood and obviously there's there's you know like evidence of flooding and but like when it's that old there's nothing left of it so it's like it's you really have to find a bunch of proof in this we're saying the the younger dries event where the bunch of like flora and fauna got extinct or just died around that time period so it's like i think recently they found a crater in Greenland that might be hypothesized as the thing, but I don't know. Like there, I, I feel like even like if it's all made up or if it is based in reality, like there people have context for certain things like that. So it's like, yes, there's probably been a catastrophic flood thousands and thousands of years ago, but it just depends. Like that's what I'm saying. So it's like that it had to be influenced from somewhere. So it's like somebody had to like thousands of years ago, this happened. Right. So, 
who knows how long ago something happened, but that's kind of the thing is 12,000 years, but nothing in our recent history suggests that there was a massive flood. Well, like I said, it was only in what was the known world at the time. But, but that's what I'm saying, is, but it's thousands of years prior to that, prior to all that shit happening. That's, that's what my point is. So it's like we don't have the actual date of when that stuff happened, but it's thousands of years before that time. Right. right. Does, does we don't say like when the flood was like, is there a depicted time that people think that was? Was that during like before Jesus's time? I don't even know. Like Noah's Ark. Yeah. Like stuff like. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, that's a- anything like that. That's all in the Old Testament. So that all took place well before Jesus's time. Right. But there's no that like the theologians like su- like suggest when that was. I mean, like I said, I don't remember exactly when they said it was, but like archaeologists have found enough evidence to prove that there was, there was a something like like there was a flood that did like devastate the known world. I mean, I would probably have to like look back in like the research when they actually said because like we're very good at dating things, right? When it actually was that this flood happened, I don't really remember because I know Abraham was like, I believe he was like. 2000 years before jesus but then noah was like you know however many before him so i i I don't really remember it i don't think it's explicitly said in the bible okay so that's what i'm saying so it's like if there's no like date for it so it's like like i I, it's still considered pseudo archaeology but i think more and more evidence is proving to a claim that there was a massive catastrophic flood that wiped out a lot of the coastal cities on the planet around that time frame and i think that's the closest because i i believe and just like i said from watching all the archaeology videos that i watch and i like a lot of people are hypothesizing especially like with the egyptians like where i keep talking about how there was an older civilization that was wiped out by this fucking flood that the egyptians built on so it's like all this stuff in peru that's all these granite blocks that are so fucking difficult to cut there's no way they could have done it with the tools that they had back in that time they just built on top of them so that's what I'm saying, and that's why, like, with Plato with Atlantis, it's the whole thing where Atlantis got swept into the sea thousands of years before the Egyptians, and they were theorized as, like, you know, Egypt, Egypt was one of the colonies of Atlantis originally. Atlantis was, like, the capital city, and they had a bunch of cities around the world. So it's, like, that theory seems to be, like, making more sense to me, and I think as time goes on, we're going to keep developing more evidence because we keep unveiling sites that are, like, 10,000 years old to 12,000 years old where we previously thought that that was just hunter-gatherers. You know what I mean? So. Right, no, and I, I, I do agree with you because, like, I mean, there's tons of like peoples that like we have known nothing about, and there's tons of like you know people stated in the Bible that are mentioned once, and like we, they're really mysterious, and we we know nothing about them. But that's also, but that's like for me, I still look at it through the lens of the Bible because the Bible does have like this this really ominous like. It has this really ominous layer of mystery to it. So that's why I'm like, I just don't really see, like I said, with like the alien thing, how this is like, and like, I, I know you might necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily say that, like, this is what you were talking about and trying to get me to like, not because I know that's not what you're doing. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't really see how like looking at this through the Bible is like, uh, is like a, uh, like the, the wrong way of, of looking at these things, you know? Well, not saying it's the wrong way. I'm just saying, like, there's, like, it, it makes sense why there's so many alternate theories because of how, like, <laughs> like I said, it's a poetic thing. And it's like, like, you have to think about the context of what it was back then. And, like, I feel like, I mean, now it's purely fucking political. Like, 
I, I can't like think of I, I can't even say that without a like it doesn't matter what sect it is or what even what religion I just think now everything is just so bastardized to the point where people just spew rhetoric and it doesn't even matter if it is pertaining to the original message or not it's just to feel some sort of thing whether it's greed power or just straight up just dogmatic ignorance like I, I don't sure I think everything sure. modern days is lost from its original meaning so that's why I don't think it doesn't matter to me to disprove or prove something because it like, even people that the people that are atheists are fucking annoying. The people that are religious are fucking annoying to me. So it's like I don't have a philosophical need to disprove or prove anything. I just think it's interesting that people will just go out of their way to, you know, just say that. They, for me, it's like arrogance enough to, like, say that something definitively happened when we really are just getting a basic understanding of our past. Well, it's definitive in the sense that, like, there is shit that's real, you know. And well, I, that wasn't a good way of explaining it. But um, I mean, because like I said, the Bible isn't definitive, but there's the element of faith in it. But because it has the godliness in it, and we do have the godliness in us, there is like this kind of like weird way that it, it like draws you, and it kind of just it kind of just makes sense. Like when when you just believe, and I know that's a really cheesy way of looking at things, and I'm sure you think that that's bullshit, and a lot of people do, but it really helps you understand, like, like like when you when you look at things of like, you know what? There's a lot of things I don't know in the Bible, but the Bible is indeed like it 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 is divinely inspired. One, it's not the word of God. I think people confuse that. This this. Uh, Franciscan Friar explained this really well. How the Bible is not the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Um, and because, you know, many of the books of the Bible were written by people. You know, like it wasn't literally written by God. But when you look at things of just like the... I'm not sure how this works, but I know that there is a way... Like, there's a way that we can know how it works. It just It just really lets you... Like, it's not like a, like a comfort, but it's just like a, you know what? Like, it, it just makes me not like stress out ab about a lot of things and get scared all the time, you know, just in knowing that I do have like that, that, that truth to fall back to and be like, yeah, this, you know what? Like, th this is how it is. And like, even if it doesn't make sense, like I said, the story with Elijah calling upon God to have the bear maul the children why why that was i don't know but there was a reason for it you know because there's a reason for everything no i i get the concept that it takes faith to believe in it and like you, there's so many like i said everything is so fucking complex like it's not about disproving everything or proving everything to me i just think that it's a little bit interesting to i mean it's actually interesting to hear you say that the bible is not the word of god because i feel like i've heard that i don't, I don't know if that's just a pure you know that is a very big misunderstanding and something well it's not even a misunderstanding like I, i've i've been in churches where like that's like all they talk about is the bible is the word of god like this is the word of god for you know what i mean like that's a big deal all right and i'm, I'm not i'm in no way like putting you down because like that's no, not I don't it give a but fuck. It's, it's not me but what i'm saying is like it's right people that believe that so that's that's what i'm saying like i feel like it's, well that's that, that's my whole point is like everything is, is so different there's every there's so many ways you can interpret it and everybody thinks their way is the way and that's why i think it's so difficult 
for people to like i think honestly that's why people like have lost faith in the church or like are becoming agnostic or not becoming religious or the people that aren't religious aren't getting into is because like there isn't a clear message anymore everything is so bastardized and everybody has think that theirs is right and it's like people don't want to be involved in that shit i think that's the main problem well i'll put it this way to answer your question about um you know apostasy and people leaving the church that comes a lot from what people think they like like of what people think the church is and also like just being in urban environments where like yeah there there are several people like probably most of the bishops in this country in you know urban environments like yeah they're they're terrible people like i really i they really test my patience sometimes no, I'm not trying to get the, you to be on an apologist mindset. What I'm saying is like the message. I'm not is doing that. <laughs> I no, and I, and I understand that, and I'm not doing the apologist thing. But what I'm saying is like a lot of this comes from like like with the confusion is just from people that only have the urban, modern American, post-Vatican II understanding of Catholicism, and they don't really know about like really what Catholicism was or has been or like how there's multiple different things like there's multiple different types as well because like when because like people just have like the lampoon view of the catholic church that's just what i think and that's why that's what causes people to to leave i think so yeah i mean obviously there's misdirection and like i said once it's become politicized it's too late <laughs> I think it's like the topic of religion. Like, like I remember back in the day, like people were just questioning the existence of like, you know, is there a God or like they they use the Bible and like, you know, like the Bible versus science or like they're trying to disprove and prove everything. But now it's not even that it's just of like, like I said, it, it's just, it's purely political now. So it's like, when you talk about religion, you talk about right. abortion or women's rights or whatever the fuck. Right. So it's like, it's on a totally different playing field now. I, I guess the best way I can explain it is like for me growing up, I guess is very different. So it's like, since like, I mean, the Methodist church is probably the closest thing to the Catholic church. It's, they have like meetings and rules, but it's very loose. It's, it's not like specific doctrine. It's just like, there's like, it's more of like I mean, guidelines, I think, but it's, it's, it's not, um, I'm saying like it's structured probably the closest to Catholicism, not saying it's the same thing. Because like you look at every other kind of church, it, it's mainly individual preachers and pastors. It's well, not like a congregation of, of different well, churches. Well, the, um, the closest thing to Catholicism that isn't orthodoxy is probably Anglicanism. But out of the actual like Protestant churches that like are based in like, you know, the, the doctrines of like Martin Luther and stuff like that, you could be right. Um, I'm just saying the level of organization was kind of the same. There is like a head person that they all go to a conference and they kind of make decisions. It's like, for example, like, um, like gay marriage is a big one. So it's like, there's a lot of Methodist preachers that don't agree that they're like, they, to be a Methodist preacher, you are not allowed to marry gay people. Like that's a thing. It's like, right. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like they structure some things kind of like that. I don't know what the fucking deal is. I'm just saying from my understanding, it's, they do some sort of organization that's past one church. Not most churches, especially in the South, it's just one little fucking shack. That's where it's oh, like yeah, that's the, how... the pastor is the word of God. It's not a group of people or it's not a meeting. You know what I mean? It's more oh, organized. Right. Um, and yeah, and you were talking to me about the, um, like how, why it is confusing and why, like, you know, there's, there's so many billion 
people that have their own interpretation. And that's why, like I was saying, that's why we have Catholicism because, you know, it's like, it's just the, and like, don't take this the wrong way, but like, there is like this certain sense of like humility in the way where you're like, you know what? Like, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I should listen to this as, as opposed to like, I'm going to make my own church for X, Y, and Z, you know, whereas like, you know what, let me just trust in the, the, the fathers, like the church fathers. Let me just, like, I'm going to just trust in what came before me and what existed for 2000 years and what has got us to this point, you know? I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I think it's the same thing in terms of like, so like, like I said, if like what I was about to say, like growing up, like my reference light. So it's like not being Catholic. The the thing was like the Bible, like it was it was their interpretations of what the Bible is, right? They didn't, and like I said, Methodist was a little bit different. They had some kind of roles, but they didn't really talk about it. Like that was more of like the church bureaucracy, but it wasn't like laid out to regular people. It was more so like the priests were. Oh, I'm sorry, the the pastors were allowed to do and not do certain things but it wasn't really like they didn't doctrinate us into that shit. i didn't find out about it until like a couple of years ago my point right. is, is like from their point of view is their interpretation of the bible and that the bible is the word of god and then what they what their metaphor like there's a lot of metaphors what their metaphor was was pretty much like that and people kind of had their own little views i feel like it's the same way in catholicism except you have your very specific things that you can and not say and not believe and believe but it's still the same like you know god inspired me to talk about this message or this parallel you know what i mean like it's it to me it's the same thing just with different rules well it's not it's not the same thing because message i'm saying like the way they talk about it and the way they explain it it's it's still that's fair that that could be the way that it's done that's what I'm saying. So right. Like that, that, that's that true. That sort of thing can be lost in translation because everybody's not the same. And especially after talking to you, like we've talked about this topic almost like on every podcast and your kind of thing, like it's like your, your overall theme is that it's been infiltrated by the devil, right? And there's a lot, like even to the point where the Pope, you know, is a problem. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's just even in its own rights, it's just not even the same message. And well, it doesn't have no, to but- be. But I still like I feel like that's the big reason why everybody's leaving is because like there is no common it's like the same thing with feminism. Like overall it's generally good messages, but nobody can fucking, you know, articulate it correctly and no one's on the same page. That's why everybody hates it. So I, I feel like it's a similar sort of thing. Like nobody has the same rhetoric and the solutions don't really work. Well, okay. So it's frustrating. This is when you view the Catholic Church as a human institution, which it is partly, but, and like, you know, with the devil coming in, whether it's in the Middle Ages, where there's a bunch of shit going on that was really bad, <laughs> I don't think we need to get into that, <laughs> um, or whether it's now, <laughs> with VIII all... Th- like to come knock on your door. <laughs> um, no, Henry VIII is not that bad. Um, Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, he's, he's pretty bad, but... I was about but, to say you fucking. <laughs> no, I I like him better than Martin Luther. Who killed more I fuck, people? I fucking hate. Yeah, but who probably brought more people to hell? <laughs> oh my god. Henry VIII Martin... is probably in hell. <laughs> no, yeah, he. Well, yeah. I mean, he was excommunicated <laughs> for a good reason. Good lord. Right, because like, 
like I was saying, without the knowledge and, and the actual teachings and the catechism of the Catholic Church, because a lot of Catholicism, like I was saying, is like people only understand it of in like the the lampoon, like post 1970s version of Catholicism. Because yes, if you're talking about that, yes, there's there's not a lot of wisdom. It is watered down. It is oversimplified. But when you go back into like when you really study it and like the teachings of the early church and even like the the medieval church and the modern church, um. There is this concept of, well, obviously marriage, but also like Christ's marriage and how Christ is married to the church. Like his bride is the church. And that's why like, when you like when you don't have that understanding of the church, it's okay to separate yourself from the church. But, you know, it's like because I'd ask like another kind of like, like, like another Christian person. I'm like, well, is divorce OK? They'd be like, no. And I'm like, well. Why is it, why is it not okay? And it's like, because you've, you've gone all this way and then, and then like you, you know, you, you, you like, you just separate yourself. Like you, like you, you made the promise and then you separated yourself from the, like the bond of matrimony. I'm like, yes. So when you separate yourself from the sacraments and, and the Catholic church, like you, you, like it's, it's, it's that concept of divorce because it's like, I talked about this on one of the early podcasts, how you know, the teachings and the doctrine, it doesn't go from Abraham to Moses to all the prophets all the way to, to Jesus and then Martin Luther or and then John Calvin and then Henry VIII or then whoever. It's like, no, it's it stops at Jesus and there's nothing after that. Yes, he has, but that's why he has his apostles, you know, because Jesus didn't just do it by himself because he had his apostles afterwards to spread the news, you know. And that's another kind of point that I must bring up too, which is the the concept of like um, bishops, you know, and why we need them because the bishops are, you know, well, like more 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 moreover, like the descendants of the bishops because the original twelve apostles had the laying of the hands on them by Peter, I believe, well, from the Holy Spirit to Peter to the twelve. And the, all of the twelve did the same thing with the laying over the hands, come like the Holy Spirit coming over to them, and that, and then, and then on. That's why every single bishop has to have that, or else you are not a bishop. And even in the early church, there were other people that were like, "No, we're the church. We're like the real, true church. Like, listen to us." And you could tell who was and who wasn't based on the hand thing. And that's why the Orthodox Church is different than like Protestant churches because the Orthodox Church still has bishops, and that's why they're in schism, as opposed to Protestant churches are reformed, you know. But um, yeah. Well, that's why I get confused because like you always talk about like it stops and ends with Jesus, and like that's supposed to be the message. I got I get more of that message in like every Protestant church that I've been in more than any Catholic service that I've been in because it's more about like the message and the teachings of Jesus and how that, you know, you can make that metaphor into your life minus Baptist churches. Cause those I think are just mainly political for fucking whatever reason. Right. But, right, but, but like I was saying, when it goes through Jesus, all church doctors and things like that, they use the, 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 the teachings of Jesus 
and apply it to like you know like why it is like why things in the church are the way they are and it doesn't go because like martin luther is like no, 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 this is wrong, this is wrong, you need to do this. And it's like, but he separated himself from the church, who is Christ's bride, you see what I'm saying? Okay, I guess I'm trying to find a way I can simplify this. So, I guess, let me start here. So, like, is the, I, I don't, it's like, are they're different, obviously there's the King James Bible, like, is it, like, the, it's the same Bible, right? So it's like, they're not present churches, and so cause they're different Bibles in general. They are different Bibles. That's another okay. thing people don't realize. Okay, so um, that's, well, that's problem number one. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing. Because another people... Um, a big thing people don't realize is that um, when they say, like, oh, well, Martin, Duth Martin Luther did a lot of good things. Like, he translated the Bible into the vernacular. It's like, well, he didn't do a good job of translating it, number one, because he, like he cut books out and also he changed things to and like he edited things to like fit his his viewpoints of like like only only scripture only faith only whatever you know all of these things so the okay so the protestant bible is a watered down version of the catholic bible which is also a probably watered down version from an earlier bible well, there's a bunch of different translations of like the the post like well like like the post um Luther thing. So like Luther made like like Lutherans have their own Bible. It's like the the Luther Bible, and that's yeah. what he tra that's what he translated. Um, but also like the King James Bible is I'm pretty sure more similar to that because the biggest thing that separates them not only just the bad translation is the actual number of books. Cause all Protestant books like, Oh, sorry. All, all Protestant Bibles leave out five books. I don't remember which ones they were specifically, but they do leave them out because in the Protestant Bible, there's 66 books. And in the, in the Catholic Bible, there's 72. And so I think it was, yeah, six books. Yeah. I'm trying to think because this is kind of, but this, I, I think um yeah. people people enjoy the King James Bible more for the actual um language that is used because it's really pretty you know and it sounds very classical you know so the Roman Catholic Bible says that it has 73 books god damn it oh uh, yeah that's right yeah 73 and then the Protestant, Protestant Bible is 66. 66 yeah 39 books from the Old Testament, 27 from the New Testament. Right. But going back to the Martin Luther thing, the concept of Catholicism is that truth is not something that just exists in your head and you get to, and you get to decide what it is. Truth is the idea that it will obviously that, it, that it's Jesus, but like truth is something that you discover over time. Right. Honestly, to me, truth is just the majority of people that believe something, regardless if it's right or not. I don't think there. I mean, to me, I don't think there are easy objective truths and there are subjective truths. And I don't know. I, I'm at the point where it's like I do things in my life, and if it works, then I keep it. And if it doesn't work, I keep changing until it works. I'm not after this quest of like what's actually true because I don't think we're ever going to get to that kind of point. 
I think that like there's too many people, there's too many different ideas, there's too much corruption, there's too much bullshit, like there's too many, there's just too much. And I think like you'll drive yourself insane trying to figure out what's actually true. So I think this is the aspect of faith that I do like, and I extend this to everybody, whether whatever the fuck you believe in, if you don't fucking harm other people. I mean, I'm very libertarian about that idea. So it's like, I think you should believe in something that has a good course for your life or that gives you purpose or makes you happy or keeps you from killing somebody. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you have to have that, whatever that thing is. And what, and that, I think that's your truth, right? So it's like, it doesn't have to be my truth. And it doesn't have to be anyone else's truth. No, it has to be the truth that says we're saying this podcast right now. What, I know many I... <laughs> people have I know many people have views and things like that but what I was trying to say is that Catholicism is basically just there is no view there is Jesus and you need to follow him and that's why like any corruption any bad thing you see in the world is just all from a lack of of, of seeing that and recognizing that so do you think that Protestants have a different view of Jesus than Catholics do? Oh, I definitely think they do. I mean, this is because I just, I'm not, I mean, I have a general vague idea of what Jesus is supposed to be in the, the general gist of his message, right? And I, I under, like, the concept of him dying on the cross and the Holy Trinity is pretty much the same. Like, I don't think that's a point that's different. I think the Eucharist is the biggest different point, but, like, what is the biggest difference if you know, and you don't have to get into it, between like the Protestant Jesus and the Catholic Jesus, You're like what what is the it's, difference? It's the Eucharist, and it's so is that's that's the only thing. It's it's well, it's not the only thing, but it's the most important thing. Um, but so also like also the teachings of Jesus, though. So it's like specifically like his message, like you know, like the 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 general shit that people can get behind, right? Um. Like well, story. so, um. The Catholic understanding of Jesus is like, yes, it is right because Jesus said it, but you do actually do like you can you can use your human reasoning to understand why it is correct, you know, as opposed to like the Protestant view of Jesus is just, oh, Jesus said it's right. Well, how do you know? I don't know. Jesus said it. You see what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Where like, you know, you can use your human reasoning to understand, like to understand like. Yeah, loving one another is a really good thing. Or like, yeah, do unto others as they do to you. And then, and, and stuff like that. Like, you can use your intellect to know why that is morally right. I'm, I'm struggling to find like a diff, like, because like the, the whole well, point I, is, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's the same to me. Like the whole point, like there's a bunch of just different iterations of the same thing. Because, like, well, I mean, I just I explained. Jesus is such a different figure. Like, you don't have to be a fucking, like, you don't have to be a god. Oh. You don't have to use, like, your unscarly human reasoning to, like, get the morals and messages behind the stories. I mean, obviously, yeah, but uh, you, spiritually, you still I, can. I, well, spiritually, I agree, sure. Theologically, sure. But, like, the all the general stories and, like, you know, like, the Ten Commandments stuff obviously that was way before his time but like just that general message of it i i don't think is super difficult to understand i don't think you need well, to have right and i'm not saying that like protestants don't believe in jesus like it is jesus like don't get me wrong like like they I mean, are my point they... is like it's when i was growing up that was the whole entire point of it it was like the teachings of jesus it wasn't like a i mean my church wasn't political like they never talked about anything political it was always just metaphors 
of the Holy Spirit and God and like the teachings of Jesus and how that correlates into regular people's lives. Like that's literally all it was. There wasn't like specific, obviously they, they told the same story. Well, not the same stories, but like obviously like the resurrection, uh, his birth, like all the regular shit. Right. But like when it came to actually like every Sunday, it was always some metaphor that was parallel to a teaching of Jesus or a Bible story. Like it, it wasn't like a specific ritual or besides communion, or it wasn't like a specific you know, thing you had to sing like that, that's what it was. So like, to me, in my head, that was just purely the teachings of Jesus. It wasn't like a Protestant doctrine or Protestant dogma, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, but when you don't have, well, not just the Eucharist, but all, all of the sacraments, then like, it's essentially just a Bible study. It's what it felt like, but what I'm saying is like, right, but like, there's really just that different. Well, Besides yes, because you, thing. well, yes, because you don't have the Eucharist, which if you don't eat, then you don't have eternal life. Yeah, I mean, but the concept, you know, but just, you are not still had communion. Like it was still the same type of spirit. It was yes, the same type but of it's symbolism. not, but it's not Jesus. It's not actually Jesus though. You see what I'm saying? Whereas like in Catholicism, it is Jesus that we're eating. No, I I get that the I I get why it's different. What I'm saying is like it's the symbolism is the same. Like so the people It's that- not okay, but the Eucharist is not symbolism. Like it is Jesus. So well do you believe it's real or do you believe it's not real? I don't know. I I I'm just looking at it objectively. Objectively is literally the same symbolism, but like if if you believe in the Eucharist and that that's literally Jesus you're consuming, people that are not Catholic also believe that same sort of thing. That they tell me all the time, like this is Jesus who I'm consuming. They don't. I I am just classifying it as symbolism because it's to me it's symbolism. That's what it represents to them. It's the same thing as Catholics. That's that's what my point. Catholics just believe that it is literally they're the ones that truly is the Eucharist and that they're eating it. But so do Protestants. It's just that's what I'm saying. It's the same shit just in different contexts and different ideologies. That's my whole oh. entire point. Yeah, but Protestants very much do not believe that that is Jesus. Because they think the whole point, like, hocus pocus, that's a very anti-Catholic phrase. Because, like, you know, hocus corpus meum is, like, the Latin phrase for this is my body. Because they're, like, they're making fun of it and going, like, oh, it's magic. You know, he, he can he can turn the bread into Jesus' body. Because, like, they think that that's, like, superstition and, and, and stuff like that. But I'm telling you it wasn't like that. Like, if you ask my parents right now, like, what communion it is, and they said it is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, like, they literally will tell you that. It's not, like, a silly hocus-pocus thing. That's, like, truly what they believe. Right, but, like, do they believe, but do they believe that Methodist communion is Jesus? Yeah. But it's it is literally they literally say yeah they, they literally say it is this is the body of Christ and this is the blood of Christ given to you it's literally they believe that they're taking Jesus into their soul or their body uh, or whatever the fuck they're not I'm sorry well what I'm saying is they think that they think that that's what they're doing in the Catholic it doesn't matter if they think it or not it's not but that's my point but the sim you can't tell me the symbolism is not the same it literally it's is the not same symbolism the it's Eucharist the same, it's the same is it's the not same ritual. It's the same ritual. It's no, it is ritual. not because they don't have a properly ordained priest with, like I was talking about, the hands with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And when you don't have that, there's no transfiguration that takes place. No, I get that you don't think it's an official form of communion. What I'm saying is like that symbolism is literally the same. Yes, but it is. My ultimate point is that it is not Jesus, though. 
And if Jesus, if there's a way that this is real, which there is, like I just explained, then you have to like, like, I don't see how you can believe in all of these teachings of Jesus and what he says and what is in the Bible and not like, and, and not want to participate and take part in the mystical body of Christ. Because people think that they're actually, I'm telling you for a fact, people believe that's what they're doing. They're just, they don't but have that it under isn't. Catholic raise. And also, a lot of people that were Protestant were once Catholic. And yes, but do you see what I'm saying is that even if they think it is, it isn't. No, I, I understand that. I, I get that you don't believe that anything other than Catholic communion isn't real. I understand that point. No, but Orthodox I'm, communion is real. Or whatever the, like, whatever you, outside of your realm. Right that you don't think is real. What I'm saying is those people think it's real. So if you think that they're all objectively wrong, that's fine. But what I'm saying is like those people think it's real. And to me, the symbolism is exactly the same. So that's that's why I think like people, that's why I think a lot of people just left the Catholic Church in general because of like they just got stuck with like the rules that they had to follow. And like, it's like I said, I, it's the same. Like I, to me in my head, it doesn't make sense where it's like if somebody believes in the message of Jesus and they believe that they're taking his body and his blood, in whatever form of communion, like, and how, if it's not actually real because it's not ordained by a priest, if that's the only caveat, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's a, it just seems non-sequitur to me. Well, the biggest reason that they leave the church is because they don't understand why these things are the way they are. And like you said, following the teachings of Jesus Christ, when you do that, you eventually come to the point that, yes, I need to receive proper communion. Because it comes down to, like, is it real or is it not? And, like, I don't like how in certain things they're talking about the faith, like, not from, you know, obviously the perspective of the faith. They're like, for Catholics, Jesus, and I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's for Catholics or not, like, Either he's there or he's not, you know, like, <laughs> like, that's why there's rules about like who can receive communion, you know, because if this is real, you really need to take it seriously, you know, what's well, what I'm saying? Like the fact that our past is so fucking like it's so shrouded in mystery and it's hard to even prove who said what like that's why i'm that's why i think people lose that kind of grasp so it's like so they're like well what if that part isn't real so it's like how do you like how we specifically know just not even on a spiritual level because that's that takes faith to believe but just on a human level like where did this come from so i think that's the part that people can't accept is that like the fact that there's this over mystical rule that seems to only be placed in very specific passages of the Catholic church on a human level that it just, is like, why does it have to be this way? And like, what is like the actual reason? Like there's a spiritual reason that they gave you, but what is like the, re like the, there was a time before that. Right. So yeah. it's like, well, and I understand that like, there's, I mean, it can be confusing and it is, does make sense to like, want to ask questions like this because they're important, but they aren't the ones who gave it to you. Jesus is the one who gave it to us at the last supper. So what specifically did he say that saying that you can only be ordained by a Catholic priest to accept my communion when he had a bunch of people at the table and his message was for everybody? That was that to me, that was his message was that all are welcome at my table. Yes, but there's a very big difference between everyone is welcome and everyone is welcome 
under Christ. And it's like Jesus That's didn't what I'm saying. What did he say that was differentiated? No. Well, he says in the Bible, like, this is my body. Right. And if like, you know, and if you don't eat it, then you like you don't have eternal life. So if you don't receive his actual physical body, which you don't get in all of these Protestant churches, then you aren't partaking in the mystical body of Christ and you're not unified together and you're not at his table because he's okay, not so there at the, at the, at the Protestant churches. Like, okay, so going on the Last Supper, you said, if you don't eat from my table or you don't take me as communion, then you're not going to, what you just said, right? Where did that go to that has to be done by a Catholic priest or that has to be done that way? Like, where, where did that start? Because it goes off of what Jesus did and what he gave the apostles. Which is what? That's what I'm like. What What was the thing that solidified that's how it has to be done if Jesus said, if you don't... Because... Um, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Um, no, you're good. I, I'm, I'm very curious to know. It's, cause it's like, because, like I explained earlier, all of the stuff when it comes to the sacraments comes down to these are things like these are things that Jesus instituted and they came down through him like through the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is God in the way that Jesus is God and he gave communion to the apostles right he like he gave himself up at the last supper right and the apostles continued to do that you see what I'm saying under the Holy Spirit and under like the, the like the the hands and the coming down of the Holy Spirit and they gave the Eucharist to everyone else and then the people that came after them and after them and after them and see like that. And like I was explaining, even in the early, the early church and even like the early Christians, there were people that were, that were like, you know, they were false teachers. They were false priests, like parading around like, Hey guys, we're the real church. Listen to us. And it's like, we know that that's, they, they weren't because they didn't have the apostolic, you know, laying down of hands with the giving of communion and it's right, like you the apostles you, weren't catholic though that's what i'm saying like where did that well come yes down they the were line? because the catholic church is the descendants of the apostles if you see what i'm saying all of the bishops are a descendant of one of the apostles right but that's what i'm saying like context from jesus time he made the thing about communion and then passed it down to the apostles where where did it start that they were the only ones that were allowed to do that? This one's saying because Jesus himself didn't say that. You're just saying you're using it as a metaphor because the apostles received the communion from Christ, that they're the only ones and the descendants of them, or the Catholic Church, or the, the this, fuck, the apostles are the descendants of the Catholic Church. So it's like, nowhere, like, who specifically said that they're the only ones that were allowed to, like, give communion? Like what? Hey, like, is it a thing? Jesus, he does not explicitly say this, but That's he kind of just saying, so no. But he left it. No, but it's that. who said that? Who explicitly said that? No, but this is assumed, is what I'm telling you. What? <laughs> like it is it's assumed. assumed. Yes, like it's assumed so that like all this we, is basic on an assumption. Well, no, the the like the teaching that it has to be this and this and that. We slowly like a, arrive at that conclusion over time based on like what was practiced in the early church and what is still practiced today okay so there's, there's several things that says it no no there's not and there's but there's okay, tons so of things trying to get at. <laughs> right i'm sorry but like there's tons of things in the bible that aren't explicitly said like the trinity you know that's my whole point. That's my whole entire point of why there's so many interpretations because there's nothing explicitly said. It's everybody's assumption. Like you just said, it's everybody's assumption of what it's supposed to be. That's but my it whole isn't entire point. Because 
when you that's what you just take, said it's the assumption no it's not yes but not everything is an assumption i mean obviously like I'm yes you need you need to like communion. no because you look at what the apostles did and what was done right after them and after them and after them and to what is still being done now and if you don't do that because like i said jesus said if you don't like if you don't eat my body and drink my blood then you don't have eternal life that just means to me that if you don't accept communion or you don't accept Jesus into your soul, then then you're not like that's that's, that's the whole message, right? Yes, but then then why did the apostles travel the world bringing the Eucharist to everybody to spread that message? There's just to me it's just difference. That's why I'm saying it's the same symbolism because like the only difference is Martin Luther didn't like the shit the Catholic Church was doing, so that's why he reformed it. So it's like that's why I'm saying communion is literally the same symbolism as accepting Jesus Christ into your heart and soul via communion. But it just isn't. like the apostles got, and just like they were spreading the word to. That's what I'm saying. It's the same. But it communion. no, it isn't. And I'm going to ask you this once again: Do you believe that the Eucharist is Jesus, or do you not believe that the Eucharist is Jesus? I don't know if the shit actually happened. Like I. I I, I don't know. I'm agnostic to it. So, like, let's say, like, I, I think there is a higher power, but let's say that it was, and, like, Jesus is the Son of God, and if I was taking communion, then I would accept that I am literally, it would be literally Jesus, and if that makes me Catholic, then sure, but just because I, if I don't receive Catholic communion from a Catholic, then it's not real, that's the part that I think is dumb, because it's a symbolism. You could, you can use that for a metaphor for anything. If you whatever it is you're doing, like if you accept anything as Jesus, like let's say it's like if it if he is God and then God made himself in our image, or if God is everywhere, if God speaks to you, so like if you're doing something under that veil, then that is Jesus, right? So it's like if you're literally taking bread and taking wine as a communion that you are accepting Jesus, and if I did believe that, then yes, I would believe that that's Jesus. But the fact that that's true doesn't make me Catholic, but it doesn't go the other way around. You get what I'm saying? Well, yes, but if it's not actually there, because like I said, it either is or it isn't. I understand how like you can maybe be like, I don't know. But like what I'm saying is like if I, I do. OK, so let's just make it simple. So like, let's say I'm not agnostic. And like I said, at one point I was religious. So, yes, I believe I, me personally, I believe that that was actually Jesus that I was taking for communion. Later in life, I just understood it as a symbolism for communion. So it's like, um, this is the sacrifice that he made. And that's what I like. That's what symbolism is. Like, it's a meaning that we're attaching to something because that's literally what you're doing. It's a ritual. Right. So but yes, I did believe that. And if that's not actually Jesus, then what is the point of like going to, to church then? What I'm no, what I'm saying is like when I was religious and taking communion, I did believe that that was Jesus. I, I didn't. I only yes, recently like, thinking it's a metaphor now because you know what I mean. It, it to me it is. Yes, a metaphor. but if it's a metaphor now, then what is I the point of the going to church? I in, like it would. I probably no, you wouldn't. I, I am telling you, no, you wouldn't because when you don't actually believe, when you think it's a metaphor, then it's no different than you. I didn't think it was a metaphor. I just over time. Yes, but over time, so like at this, like, yeah, so now over time, when you think it's a metaphor, there is no reason for you to go to church anymore. But when you you have the understanding that it is Jesus, you're like, oh, shit, no, I need to go to mass like every Sunday because I need to receive Jesus as much as I can. And that's why, like, it's like you can't just watch mass like and this is something that the pandemic really fucking ruined 
and like it really distorted people's like everything is like you like watching mass on a live stream is nothing like actually being in a mass and receiving the sacrament because like yes you get part of it you do hear the gospel that's part of it but you don't take the you don't actually complete it you know well let me reiterate something so it's like there's a bunch of other reasons why, like, I mean, it's just the, the nature of being skeptical. I, I don't think it would have mattered what fucking, if I would have been Muslim, Mormon, Catholic, I don't think it would have mattered. I was just naturally skeptical, right? But what I'm telling you is, like, the fact of it being a metaphor would, did not make me fucking leave the church. And really, it's not like I just left the church. Like, even, like, when I was questioning shit, I always, like, was part of it. That's not what stuff. I'm saying you did. What I'm saying is, like, I, like, when I was religious... That was what I believed. Like, I didn't think it was a metaphor. Like, that didn't even cross my mind. Like, that's literally what I believed. Right, and I see that. But... So that's what I'm saying. And it, if it's not explicitly something that Jesus said, and if it's supposed to be the teachings of Jesus, but it's just because for who... Like, there had to be someone that's... Like, it, this just did just did just develop over time. Like, there had to have been well, one did, person or but... a couple people to come up with that thing that, like, only Catholic priests are allowed to give communion for it to be considered real. That had to come from somewhere. They didn't just magically appear out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Well, the only... The, the understanding of, like, the idea of, like, oh, only Catholic priests can... It's like, well, Catholic priests as opposed to what priest? A Protestant minister protestant priest it's like well there was no protestantism up until martin luther so at that point like before the year 1054 everyone was catholic and before martin luther everyone in europe was catholic right so that's what i'm saying so why was it the after when protestants came around why was it the thing that like it was because they just hated them so much like all right you're not allowed to give communion you're not real sect of christianity because they were so mad at them but like people died and fought wars over the shit right that's what yes. that, to me that's what makes sense so it's like they're so pissed off at that that back in the day it made sense like you guys aren't real christians you cannot receive communion that to me that makes the most sense but before then who gave a fuck if you're because there's no differentiation so it's like if you just accepted the message of jesus well, yes then because you're fine. everyone yes but everyone was catholic but there was no differentiation point. between the term. Like, like that, there was no differentiation between the sex and everyone was Catholic. There's that's a big difference. entire point. That's why it's literally the same thing. No, but there's a big difference between like, oh, this church is like, like th these people separated themselves from the church and it's a new church. And now there's two churches. It's like, no, they were this church. And it's just like, there is this church. And then there is people that think they're the church. There's no, there's no such thing as two churches. If you see what I'm saying, point. communion was around before there was a differentiation. Well, so right, like there, because there, never there would is have been a need to differentiate it because the, well, the, you understand the message you're taking in, like that is literally Jesus that you're consuming through communion, right? That that is the whole entire point. It yes, wasn't because you're in the church. In time that they differentiated it. Wait, because you're in the church, and there is only one church. And if there is only one church, then like you know, like yeah, exactly, like no one. Like, like, like everyone received it. Obviously you still needed to like participate in the sacraments and be able to like be like, you know, ready and prepared to receive it. But it wasn't until the process came around that were like, we're the new church. And obviously, like I said, they're not churches because they don't have the sacraments. And there's no such thing as two churches. Like, the church is not something that you can reform or, like, split and be like, 
we're the new church. It's like the church is, is like it's it, it's 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 not just like the people, like it's the actual like institution itself is is holy. And that's why like when we say it in the Apostles' Creed, like I believe in one holy Catholic apostolic church, it's not referring to like holy the actual people that make it up. I mean, we hope they are, but a lot of them, you know, have proved otherwise and they're like not good. But the actual institution itself was put here by God and it's holy. You see? Right, and that's why I think the only differentiation is because it was such a big problem that they fucking had this gigantic split and then formed into another sect because, I, again, it was just purely a fucking political thing. So it's like it had nothing to do with the actual message of Jesus. Like, you can, you can, I think you can, be, like, I think it's not like an out of bounds step to think that you can believe in the message of Jesus and just happen to be part of one sect or the other. Right? So it's like if you went back in time and, like, told Jesus, like, these two people believe that they are literally consuming you through communion, but one is Catholic, so it's real, and the other one isn't Catholic, so it isn't real. I, I don't, I think that would just be, like, absurd to say that to him. You know what I mean? Like, that, like, it just, for his whole entire message well, of, like, come to my table, all is welcome. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, would you go back all in is time welcome. and that? All is welcome means that everyone is united under the one holy catholic and apostolic church and not through like oh we believe in different things but it's fine you know like there's a big difference between that my point and is jesus the only reason they believe in different things is purely political so like right and that's bad and the reason you don't do that is because you need to be unified because when all of these other like sects like you said say like oh well like you know these people are creating all the institutions. These people are ruining everything. It's like, no, we can just come together and we can work this out, you know? I don't think anybody's going to work anything out. I think it's going to be my way or the highway kind of a thing. It's unfortunate. Well, I, well, exactly. But the church is not, this is our way. It's, this is God's way, if you see what I'm saying. I don't know, just based on what you said, like, it's just, that's the assumption because that's the only thing that was around back in that time. And like, there's no explicitly like said things from Jesus. It's just because this is just how it's been passed down kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't remember how I told you that there, there was false Christians from even the time of the apostles, you know, and false bishops come like confessing that they were the true church. Right, so nothing's so like, changed. History's proven. We we make the same mistakes over and over again. Like it, it doesn't. Right. It, it means the same thing to me. It, it all means like if you don't accept the true message, then you're the false Christian. It doesn't matter what fucking other bullshit you believe. Like if you don't accept the true message of Jesus, then you're the false Christian. That to me, that's if you accept communion and you are of good moral character and you believe all the same shit, minus you know being the official word of God as being a Catholic. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it matters. There's a difference between if you don't accept the truth that is my truth is very different than you don't accept the truth that is God's truth. But I I, I, I do see what you're saying. But what you're saying, you, you say yourself, that it's an assumption that that's God's truth. It's nowhere explicitly stated. No, no, so, but that's where, that's where the faith comes in. Like faith is my, required. You do need the deposit of faith. But that's that's my whole entire point. Everybody's idea of faith is different. Like you have to have you have to have faith to believe in anything. All right, but it doesn't like just because ideas are different. Like doesn't mean that they're all right. That's my whole entire point. 
yes, but then like only one's right. <laughs> like so that's why we got to figure out which one's the right one. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You can't definitely like you don't know that for sure. Like there's nothing explicit that says that. You have to have faith to believe it. Like there's there's no definitive thing that says that there's only one way to interpret this or there's only one well, people that can accept communion. You have to just have faith and believe that, but there's nothing in explicitly in the Bible that says that. there's nothing explicitly that Jesus said that. He just said all of well, no. the table and yes, what's your interpretation of what that means? Well, no, it is not my interpretation. Like I said, this is like, this is the teaching of the church, which the leader of the church is Jesus. It is God's church because he founded it. And so what was the other thing you said? The, um, there's nothing definitive. Right it's there's. Oh yeah, that. Um. So, no, there's nothing empirical about it, but there's multiple different, like, sources to back me up, like the Bible, the Magisterium, multiple different philosophical and metaphysical subtleties to help you slowly realize, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can get the gist of it. And when you don't have that, you don't have anything backing you up. Other than the fact that, oh, you can't really prove it. So, you know, therefore, you know. But in the, like, it's the same thing with saying that science proves everything. It's a metaphysical claim, and you're using a metaphysical claim to prove something that in this eye isn't metaphysical. So that's, I mean, because like you can, there's a lot of people that, that are going to listen to this and be like, well, that's the whole entire point of why like religion versus science in the first place right you have to, it takes faith to believe it or it's like you know the science prove everything or disprove everything blah 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 but when you just can't even have that own like definitive proof within like your own religion i think that's like where the major problem is because like it's not even like it's not even someone that's like an atheist trying to disprove god or trying to just like just like disprove everything that a religion is teaching it's like a whole entire like <laughs> It's a whole fucking schism within itself. Well, I mean, the Bible, the magisterium, and the history of the church, the fact that how like, how big the church is, how global it is, is proof enough for me that it's like <laughs> it, it, it it's like the right one. So is it. Like I said, it's, it's fucking prevalent among everywhere. <laughs> it's I'd not as big it. as Christianity. Isn't Islam bigger than Catholicism right now or Christianity? No, it is not. But a lot of people are saying it's on pace to be. Interesting. So, but it's also it's like... people than Catholic, then they're going to be right. So... <laughs> well, no, I, I meant... The truth is the most amount of people that believe something. Well, I meant more so like in terms of like... Like I said, I don't like to talk about it, but like in terms of like the sex of Christianity. It's like you can use multiple things like, well, this was the first one. It's the biggest one. It's the most global it's the most like trans ethnic one, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, and I also it's a like very American I, thing to be different. I mean, I you think I I I don't even know like because I guess it depends on the region that you're from because I feel like Catholicism was dominant. It, it's dominant in American politics for sure. Like anybody that's highly religious, a lot of them are Catholic. I mean. Um, Actually, dude, I mean, I don't, I don't really it's know, almost, but to me, it's it's almost like anti-American if you really want to think about it. Like not in the con- like not in the modern context, but back in the day, like this is how this country was started. 
Because like you remember that joke I was telling you, with like everybody's oh, right. reciting the founding fathers, and they're like, "What do you mean there's Catholics in the Supreme Court?" Well, right, but also that's why that disproves the idea of Catholicism being like evil white and institutionalist. Because it's like if you were a Catholic in England, and even like to America to a much lesser degree, like you were a second class citizen. Like Catholicism didn't really come to America until like like immigrants from like Ireland and Italy and Poland came over in like you know the late 19th and the like early 20th century and stuff like that. Yeah, but you can't really I mean the British Empire pretty much swallowed a lot of the world under a catholic guise like I mean you can <laughs> I mean that that's kind of that's why like the majority of other places in the world are catholic. You know what I mean? Like a lot of places No, but in- places that were conquered by England are very not catholic actually. Like they're the like the whole entire point Oh, but I thought you were saying that, like, that's, like, England is why most of the world is Catholic. No, 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 no. What I'm saying... Oh, okay. I heard you wrong. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) My point is that you said, like, you just said, like, institutionally, like, that being different from the American, or, like, just from the American Revolution. But, no, that's that's just one part. Like, the fucking... (laughs) Oh, okay. What I I was really referring to is, like, because in, like, the modern lampoon post-1970s view of catholicism is that catholicism is just a bunch of like you know it's just a bunch of old ugly annoying gross creepy white people that make rules because they're not you know they're not pretty enough they're not strong enough they're not whatever enough to do all these things that all these other people want to do so we're going to make rules to stop them from doing this you know and also like that's more revisionist shit I'm, i'm talking about like the whole entire start of this country was an blatant escape from catholicism and its empirical rule <laughs> well no it was an escape from the church of england which was catholic it was not that was after henry the eighth are you sure yes i'm very sure well english culture a big thing that defines like english and anglo culture is like a distaste for catholicism so that's why like in american universities for a while like if you were Catholic, like, you weren't allowed to attend, like, Harvard and Yale and all that stuff, and, like, you weren't allowed in certain social clubs and stuff like that, and depending on where you lived, like, certain states in America, I know, had laws where, like, you had to pay money to the state religion, so that if you were Catholic, you were paying money to, like, a church that, you know, you didn't support. Um, But no, but no, England was Protestant at that point. Where did this... Man, man, it's been so long since I fucking oh, took in history. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh no, England I... had already departed. Of the whole point of England is departure from Catholicism. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking of um. Uh, what the fuck am I thinking of? I mean, obviously, the the whole fucking point was being a separate thing and not want to be taxed. Like that was also a big deal. But I swear to God, there's some religious thing too. Uh, well, I got another. The Puritans. I mean, they obviously like wanted religious freedom, and that's the biggest reason why they left. I think that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of those. Well, right, because they were shit. just right, because they were just kind of looked down upon. Because they were persecuted in England. That's why they came over here. Well, they were, yeah, because they, because like there was laws in England. I know, like. Where you had to attend, uh, like, like I don't know if it was mass, but it was like you had to to attend the Church of England, and if you didn't, then you would be taxed. Okay, 
Yes, and they and they were like, well, we don't want to go to the Church of England. We want to have we want to go to our own thing. And they're like, yeah, we may as well just leave. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, America is very much founded on we don't want all of these things that you guys are telling us to do so we're leaving which is a very american ideal right that is a very american ideal i don't know why i thought it was specifically kind of fuck history is really fuzzy right there well the anglican church is like similar to catholicism but it's not it's It's kind of complicated protestant well yeah it's protestant because the um well in the early anglican church it was like you know with henry the eighth he was like I am separating from the church, and I am going to make the Church of England. Instead of the Pope being the head of the Church of England. Oh, right, because he wanted yeah. to fucking divorce his wife. Okay. Right, yeah, because right, yeah, the Pope wouldn't let him. So okay. then so then he's like, all right, so I'm going to make the Church of England, and then the King of England is going to be the head of the church. So in like the early church, like he still had something. like It, it was a mass. It had all the sacraments and all the things. Like, it, was, it was essentially like the same thing, just with no Pope and divorce. But like over time, things got different and stuff like that because they didn't have the guidance of like the pope you know i completely forgot that was like one of his main motives (laughs) yeah he's like so much (laughs) yeah he's like i want to i want a new well also because like his his Uh, wife wasn't um wasn't giving him a son because he wanted a son yeah and then and he's like hey pope i'm i want to um get a new wife and the pope's like nah yeah um, that totally was a thing. <laughs> well, I, it was. I, I, dude, I completely forgot about that backwards. I thought it was the other way around. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, really? Huh. Yes. I don't know why. Fuck, man. Yeah, bro. Uh, the, okay. The, never mind. The Pope wants to get a divorce, and then Henry VIII's like, nah. No, 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 no. I, I forgot nah. that. I thought he was. I, I thought he was <laughs> Protestant, switched to Catholic. I don't know why it was backwards in my head. Oh no, he he created Protestantism. No, I, I forgot about that because he wanted to divorce. Okay, I, this is all coming back to me now. Right. Well, there's like that kind of Protestantism, and then there's the Lutheran style of Catholicism. I don't know anything about Lutheranism. I just know that it's prevalent in the well, Middle East. Not like specifically Lutheranism, like the denomination we hear about, but more just um, the actual like teachings of Martin Luther and John Calvin and their kind of understanding of theology is very prevalent in like the majority of protestant churches today like in like presbyterian uh baptist anything like that that's going to be pretty like lutheran and calvinist in there nah more so luther not as much calvin because calvinist is like a it is like a a a kind of theology but it's going to be more attuned to like um martin luther's teachings in the sense that, like, they believe in, like, sola scriptura, sola fide, sola Christis, solus Christus, I think, and, like, so, like, all these, all, all these things which mean, like, only this, or, like, only this. It's, like, like, sola scriptura is the idea, what, it means only scripture, you know? So, he's saying, like, only the Bible can tell you what it, what, um how things are. You, like, the priest, it doesn't matter what he says it, it means, you read it for yourself, you know? I know and that, one that's, of the biggest reasons that they kind damn. of differentiated between those two was like basically they're <laughs> obviously the 90, what is it, 95 reasons or the 95 fucking doctrine thing? Yeah, the 95 theses. Yeah. 
So, like, I know, like, the general premise was, like, they viewed Catholicism as, like, you're, you're buying your way into heaven kind of thing. It was more of the, it was more of the focus on the material than the spiritual, I think, was their biggest criticism, if I'm remembering right. That's, that's part of it, because half of the, um, half of the theses, the Pope did, he was like, yeah, that's bad, we should stop doing that. And then half of them... Well, because, yeah, half of them were like that, critiquing actual ways in which they were going about their business, as opposed to the other half were like doctrinal things were like, no, Martin Luther, we're not changing that. Like yeah. the lit the litany of the saints were like, no, we're not changing that. Sorry. <laughs> that brings me to another thing. This can be the last. I don't know if you get exhausted going on this topic for I just find it interesting. Um, right. It was the concept of money because money, I think, is the biggest other reason I think. Like like I was saying before, of like the whole fucking like to van televangelists fucking fly around in jets and Gucci suits and shit, like that's a big problem. Right, right. So, I know that but, is. Yeah. But to me, I, I had I've always had this opinion too, when it comes to like taxes and churches. And this is interesting because like I, I fucking hate the government and I hate that our taxes are wasted and I hate having to pay 30 cent of my income, also pay property tax and also have a sales tax on the stuff that I buy for my already taxed money. It's a stupid That's, fucking scam. It It's stealing. I'm sorry. but However, yeah, I don't think if you're a church that doesn't do any sort of like humanitarian work, I don't think you should be have a religious exemption. I think you should still be taxed. Well, I agree with you. Like, yeah, like you shouldn't, um, and this is something like my dad actually worked in when he was in the Department of Labor about certain laws about religious exemptions, you know, when it comes to like, um, you know, like vaccine or all these other different things and like what, what constitutes a religious exemption. I'm sure it's a massive fucking gray area. Right. And that's why he had a, a bunch of meetings about this kind of stuff. But no, I, I agree with you. Like if you're, if you aren't actually doing any of these if you're not actually providing any of these services then i don't really see why you should be taxing them yeah my favorite meme is the fucking joel austin austin have the fuck you say his stupid name you hear about that shit is that the guy who like used the donation money or something to buy like a private jet well, all those guys fucking do that dude i'm telling you i don't i don't look, know you have to go on youtube and talk about like there's a couple of these guys explaining how like jesus wouldn't fly commercial <laughs> Dude, it's so I, funny. I would have been like, okay, this is they, proof they, that you don't understand. About they literally tell people they're raising money to buy a new fucking jet, and this is to spread the word. Like, right. they're not, like, like they're literally like people are donating for that reason. It's just insane to me. But anyway, um, <laughs> what I was gonna say, you haven't um, even got to the main thing. <laughs> Joel Austin, the there's so much shit, man. Hurricane, what was it? The big hurricane in Houston a couple years ago. Not not Irma. Oh, it was in Florida. I. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember the like name, but up yeah. the church and he wasn't housing people. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so people Man. like people kept making the meme where it's like, get the fuck off my ark. And it's like his picture on it. <laughs> oh, really? Dude, it was so fucking funny. He got so much shit for that too. He's like, I see he's one of those like fucking TV speaking mega church retards that sells a book yeah. and shit. Yeah, it's proof that they, uh, they they don't understand the teachings of Jesus. Because, like, the guy who said that Jesus wouldn't fly commercially, it's like, well, yeah, he probably would, or he probably wouldn't have flown in a plane at all, because he literally rode into Jerusalem on a donkey with his, like, rags, you know? <laughs> and I don't know, because, like, the, he, 
it's really weird because like there's a lot of people and i think again why i think it's like half political because like back when i was growing up like i i felt like being humble and being frugal was like kind of a virtue like that was not something that's explicitly was said but like that's kind of like or like you're charitable right so it's like you the whole point is you go out of your way for other people like turn the other cheek or you know just love thy neighbor kind of thing but i think now it's and i don't know if this is like because of the age of trump or if this has been a growing american sentiment that's kind of creeped its way into religion but it's like a lot of people that i talk to have this premise that like um like jesus wants you to be rich like it's like that hustler mindset since like you know like you see like a lot of these mega churches preach it's like they they promise people like riches and like if you donate and like jesus is going to bring you it's like a it's like a multi-level marketing kind of mindset it's kind of creeped its way in because now a lot of people i talk to you like oh jesus would have a nice car he wouldn't be you know he would be flashy with things like you know he wants you to be rich he wants <laughs> you to live a good life like that's a sentiment that's now prevalent and it's very strange right well um when you're saying it's like jesus wants you to be rich to buy a car it's like well no you know jesus wants you to if if jesus wants you to be rich he wants you to be rich so you can give your family a good life you know because there's a difference between like someone who is rich and they spend all their money on like a house a car and all this stuff and they're single as opposed to someone who like they're like, I'm rich because I want to have lots of kids and grow this community stronger and bigger, you know? You know, this is purely an American consumer, like, buy, it's like, you know, like, Jesus wants you to play the lottery, you might win if you pray hard enough kind of shit, like, you know what I mean? Like, is just, this real? Fucking, yes, I'm not joking. This is, this is real, man? Look what? it up, dude, I'm telling you, it's, you're so Jesus funny. wants you to buy the lot, like, buy a no, lottery I'm, ticket? I, that was a fucking joke, I'm not, I mean, I, some, some retard probably has said that somewhere, but, like, it's, what I'm saying is the mindset is that American consumer, like, like that's it's what they preach. They these pastors fly around in jets and wear fucking Gucci. Like they wear night. Like it's like it's it's like the Mansa Musa. They're on tour kind of shit. Like you you donate shit tons of money to a mega fucking organization that's not taxed, and it's yeah, the this... whole thing is like if you accept <laughs> Jesus into your heart, your life will be fulfilled and have riches. Like they don't explicitly say that, but that's like the overall theme. Like that's what they're being show that's what that's it feels like they're on a fucking re- like they're on oprah or something it's very very fucking surreal and it's the same thing that those multi-level marketing guys do so it's like oh you have to spend some money if you want to make some but if you didn't succeed you didn't try hard enough you didn't pray hard enough, you know what i mean it, it's that same kind of shit where it's like the law of attraction so it's like if you will it into existence you can have all the stuff in your life if nothing ever works out it's because you have a negative attitude which is true to some degree but again it's like you know, you don't get a fucking, you're not a billionaire by having a positive attitude just solely. Like, it's just, it's a stupid fucking no. American concept. Right, but it's it's so funny, though, because, like, only this kind of shit that you can't make up, like, only this can happen in America. Like, this is yeah. such an American thing, you know? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, you'll laugh your ass off. Look up um, fucking, I think his name is Jesse Duplante or Jesse Do Something. But it's like, just look up christian private jet and you fucking you'll see it and then there's like another thing where this dude's getting grilled by a judge because like he has like millions of like a million dollar home he's like expensive cars and he's using all this donation money to fucking take vacations and shit like it's fucking wild i just looked this up it's the first thing that comes up it says 10 american pastors with private jet 
Yes, quote, that's that's the one. It, yeah. Quote, quote, it's what Jesus would do. Yes, I'm serious. They 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 preach this like narrative that Jesus would live the fucking baller lifestyle. Like he'd come in like a fucking Persian with a white suit and sunglasses and fucking in a oh, goddamn Mercedes or something. Like it's 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 really no. strange. But yeah, because it's like the whole point of Jesus is that like he is the king because he didn't come to be served. He came. Well, no, sorry, no. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve us. You know. Yeah. Right, and like this is it's. I don't know how you could be so far from that understanding, and why he always dressed in like he just he was so dirt poor, and he just dressed in like rags and that's like when he was presented to Pontius Pilate the Jew like when the the Jews and like the Pharisees they're like this man is like evil he's he's like gonna completely like like ruin everything for us and then Pontius Pilate like sees Jesus like this poor man in rags he's like this is the guy that you're saying is claiming to be the king of the Jews like really <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's a good like it's a total fucking bastardization and it's purely political now and it's just like fuck yeah man I'm consumerism I like that i know man me really too fucking glad yeah no i i really am too um but it's it's interesting because like it's not even like that's like a mindset that everybody has no matter what fucking religion or lack thereof like everybody has that mindset that they won't need their 15 seconds of fame or that they deserve just like fucking fame or financial success or all that shit it's like they've been promised this fake lie that if you work hard enough you can achieve anything like it's right, just, that, it's very that that's a load of bullshit. I <laughs> mean, you yeah. both know that, but yeah, um, no. it's obvious that you have to get a fucking really lucky, or a just have ungodly talent, or you know people. Like, there's a bunch of other shit that you have to fucking do. And you can't just you can't just have you can't you can't just be ambitious, right? And like you can, but. I mean, like you said, it can only get you so far. And, and it gives you more misery in the long run. Like, that life isn't even fun right. after fucking, it, like, ten years. If you're not overdosed right. on some bullshit or fucking kill yourself, like, fuck. Right. But a lot of it, I think, just stems from, like, people just, like, don't really know what it is that, like... Because like, people don't really have a purpose anymore, and we don't really understand why it is that we're here. You know, and there's no, like, meaning to life anymore. So it's like, yes... Because, like, there's, like, that's not it. You know, like, family and, like, long-term, like, relationships and stuff like that. That's not, that's not it. So, it's like, I need something else. So that's why, like, yeah, I just want a bunch of money not to invest in my family, but to invest in, like, you know, the cool car, the cool house, and all these stuff that are part of this world that is, like, passing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because people, like, hopeless. just... Right, because they just see other people and that stuff, and they're like, oh... If I was in that position, then then I'd be happy, and I'm guilty of that too. Because like when I see the higher up people in my job, or I see the people in the the jobs next door, in like the like our, like our neighbors that are working on their marble thingy, it looks badass. I think like, oh, if I was in that position, then then I'd be happy. It's like no, I mean, you can be happy in any position you are. I'm not saying like I don't want to necessarily like branch out, do something different, but just to think like. Oh, I'm being held held back just because of like the position I am in, you know, and I'm not in these better positions that these other people are. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to distinguish because like you have, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just objectively things are 
just innately good or they're not. So it's like you can have the mindset of, oh, I want to achieve more success and you can have ambition and you can climb as high as you're physically able to go or if you're lucky enough to go and you have to find that place to be content. That's fine. If you want to be fucking successful, sure. But if you're going to be fucking miserable, if you don't have it, then it's a problem. Like it just depends on how you see it. But I just think it's just retarded that we've just been fed this lie that that's the fucking antithesis of everything. And that's what we have to strive for, for every single person on the planet, contentively knowing that that's not going to fucking happen to like a quarter of the population in this country. So it's like, it's, it's like, it's like the same shit with the lottery, right? So it's like, like people play the lottery so much it got to like 1.28 billion right and one fucking dude won it and the government took like almost all of it (laughs) all right because it's like that's like literally the population of like india yeah like it's it's crazy the amount of people that don't realize that like how they're not gonna fucking win it and people like oh but it's that one guy it's like yeah but you're gonna statistically you're gonna play your whole life and never win it so yeah because it's like not that guy you're not gonna be that guy and that guy right. that did win it's hiding from all his fucking... He, they hire lawyers to fucking be anonymous because now their life will be ruined if people find out about it. Like, it's just... It's a fucking... It's just a dangerous game we play. Right, and it's also, like, these people that, like, win the lottery and, like, yes, you do get a shit ton of money even after all of the taxes by the government, but, like, it just... You just get sent money every week for doing nothing. Like, you... There is like, and I know, like, I haven't really heard about this, but I can assume that there's probably just kind of like this, this guilt that comes with that. Like, yeah, I didn't really do anything. I'm just getting money for like no reason, you know? Which is where you turn to like fucking, hey, I should probably put this towards something that makes a difference or actually construct something good. Not just giving fucking charity because it doesn't really do anything, but. Right. But don't like most people that like win the lottery just like become poor again. Yeah, because like with money, right? Because don't don't they just spend it on like hookers and like drugs and shit? <laughs> Which is very money. bunch of hookers and cocaine. Yeah, that shit. I was thinking about the <laughs> bunch of hookers and then no, those because people are fucking bad with money, especially if they're poor and they win it. Fuck, or it's like that's why like well, yeah. that's why celebrity. They... I watched this one fucking thing like the the stupid bitch from fucking Euphoria. She's talking about how she can't afford her lifestyle anymore because like she fucking went on a hit show, got a lot of money, and then bought something without the realization hey maybe i should keep doing this or make sure i have a longevity to my career before i you know try to buy a million dollar fucking house and expensive cars and expensive food and then act like oh we don't get paid enough like yeah (laughs) like people are just bad with money like athletes like that they'll blow on it or they'll get some bitch pregnant then have to like give their millions of dollars every year like it's just dumb shit that people don't know how to handle but also like there's just so much funny shit you could find of like people just doing stupid shit with their money like i don't know if you've ever seen the list of purchases that nick cage has made and how much like money he owes to the irs yeah like have you seen the shit he's bought no but i'm sure it's ridiculous he has spent like like all this money on like all these different houses and all these locations he also spent like a million dollars to buy the the first Superman comic, like the original copy, and then he spent like all this money to like have his grave already like made for whenever he's like dying and he's dead, so it's ready. He also bought like the um that mansion in New Orleans, you know, that's like in American Horror Story, like the upstairs room, like it's really creepy. Yeah, 
Yeah, he bought that. <laughs> and then he also he bought so much shit. And he's just like in and he's in so much debt to the IRS. And that's why you see him now. Like he's in all of these like random shitty movies that like, you don't know what they are because like he has to take like every offer he's given to like <laughs> exactly i don't know if you do that but like when i found that out i was like oh that's why nick cage is in all these shitty movies yeah these people are i mean you give regular people millions of dollars and nowhere to fucking teach you to how to use it it's gonna happen and it's also i don't know where this parallels but it's the same reason why a lot of celebrities go to jail for tax evasion like wesley snipes martha stewart now shakira it's just fucking funny shakira did it too yeah, she's. I don't know if she's gonna get. I think she's getting jail time, which is funny because like if they just knew the right fucking Jews to help them out, because like companies literally pay people to get them fucking tax breaks and tax incentives to pay less taxes than you know a lot of other people. So it's like they literally could have just had a phone call because every it's a circle jerk. So it's like, hey, my fucking friend knows this dude that can help you. You know, not pay as much taxes as opposed to not paying them at all. It's like, oh, I have millions of dollars. I don't give a fuck. Like. Sorry. <laughs> Click, yeah, <play>. well, <laughs> when you look at the Jews, that's how you know how to deal with your money because they're very good with money. Yeah, and, like, it's a stereotype for a reason. Like, go fucking find some and make you not go to jail. <laughs> right. Well, Fine. not like the... Yeah, because, like, I, um, it, it, it's just more the idea that, like, it's not like Jews love money because that's... I, I hate that. It's really... It's, it's racist, but... It's like, because people, when they say that, I know you don't, like, you understand this, but, like, when people say, like, oh, Jews are just a bunch of rich assholes, it's like, well, they're rich because, like, they know how to deal with money, and they know how to invest in money, and also, like, it's, it's part of the ex- culture, it's like, it's like, it's like, why well, are Asians good at math is because they have the fucking discipline, their parents fucking make them do it, I mean, well, right, and, and also, like, yeah, and, like, also, also, like, very prominent people, like, you have to, like, it's a stereotype because I mean, obviously you can look at it as, as many different ways, but like, like why are so many Jewish people like bankers? Why are there so many like, you know, agents or lawyers, right? Because I don't know, because it's a community that sticks together. So it's like family members, no family members that are like that. And that just grows over time. And that just becomes the staple of your community. Like, I don't know. A lot of that was actually because like, those were some of the, the only jobs that Jews were allowed to do. Because there was a bunch of stuff that like Jews weren't allowed to do in Europe. Um, but another yeah, thing so I was going to mention historical context to that, right? Exactly, and a lot of people don't really think about that. But also, um, another thing people don't take into account is the fact that like their expenses are very low. You know, because like they don't need all of this like shit that you don't need. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, you see them with nice suits, but it's like. You don't see them with, like, all these nice cars because they walk to, you know, they walk to synagogue. Like, their their expenses are very, very low compared to, like, other, like, groups on average. It's just the value of the group and how much fucking numbers expand when you multiply them. So it's like if you have a church or a synagogue full of people that do that and that just keeps growing and growing. So it's like I said, you fucking know people that do that. So then you're around people that are becoming those things and you want to be those things. So it gets you an easier time to be those things. And it just keeps growing and growing. And there you go. There's a whole community. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's actually why they, they live so close to each other is because they need to walk to synagogue. It's communal. It's like 
most like it's most people i don't get why people don't understand that so it's like what like what yeah, are these like, stereotypes because like there's a group of people that live close to each other that act and do the same thing right well that's why i'm also like i don't like when people are like oh like why did why do like quote unquote they all live in that area i'm like I don't know, because, like, they have more in common. Like, who, who gives a fuck? a Chinatown or a Koreatown or a Filipino town? Like, because they're fucking communal. They, they fucking like each other. That's why they're in the same yeah. spot. Why the fuck like, would they be far away from each other? Right. It's, like, this r- random, like, dude from Chinatown is probably going to have more in common with another Chinese person than some average Joe, like, beer-drinking American. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, it's late. Shit. Oh, damn. Yep. Well, I don't need to wake up at 4 tomorrow, but I need to wake up at uh, 5. Well, I feel like... Man, this I didn't even feel like this was 3 hours. Yeah, no, I, I like... Um, I don't know how long this one was going to be, but I feel like we just like always find shit to talk about. Those were so cool. Ooh, that was a good one. I like this one. I like when we have discourse. You know, but... Right, but I also like it when I can put a good thumbnail, because in this one I know I can be like, um, Jewish music, abstract science, and then like, you know, into like, further you, you should do, religion. You should, um, you should get like a picture of like a, of like a big jet with like a cross on it and have like Jesus shooting it down with a laser beam. That'd be a great thumbnail. That'd be great. Jesus would be like, yeah, you, don't you dare. <laughs> can you please do that? That'd be fucking great. Does that exist, or, like, do I need to make that? You probably gotta make it, but think about it. Like, a fucking private jet with a gold cross, and then Jesus, like, laser-eyeing it down. That'd be fucking really funny. Yeah, or, like, you see... You know, like, when um when people, like, deep-fry the other people's eyes, like, in a yeah, picture? Exactly. It's like, Jesus Jesus has, like, the glowing eyes, like... And he has his little... You know the, the hand thing he does to signify the Trinity? Yeah. It's like that, and you see him doing it, like, in, in movies, when, like, he's, like... He's performing the exorcism... You know, he's like, yeah, be gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking yeah. Make it I, happen, Captain. I actually, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, man. That's my project. That's my next project. Good luck to you, sir. Yep. I also got another podcast coming up with a new guest. We have to do a, uh, a multi-way one. Conference oh, yes, Colorado. we do. We do, but with whom is the question? Gibbs, no fucks, mate. Yeah, well, I know Matt's not gonna do it, <laughs> but is is he still pissed at me from the the, red, the Mexican no, food? No, that was really fucking funny, dude. I totally forgot. Uh, so for context, every time Will comes into our store, he's not allowed to eat. I don't know why. I I, I honestly think it's like a joke that Matt's taking too far. I, I I suspect he doesn't actually care. He just likes fucking with you. But then I think it does bother him. I have no idea why. Anyways, like specifically the Mexican food, because like he had pizza there one time. He's like, hey, you want a slice? And we've had that food in here. I just don't know what it's doing. Right. So the, the right. running joke is that he can't eat food in our store. And so he wasn't here one day. And so Will, like, sweet, I can eat in here. So he goes to get food. Takes forever. I fucking forget about it. Matt comes back. And then I just didn't think anything of it. And then I saw you walking in. And then your face as he walked in as he saw you. And he's like, nope. He's like, out. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I, to- dude, I totally fucking forgot that's what you were doing. Yeah, and then I just, like, went home. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Oh, shit. That was fucking funny. Yeah. But, um... Anyways. Yeah, this was a good one, man. I concur. 
Dude, I actually have some, like, I have some more stuff to tell you uh, for, like, whenever I go there, probably on Saturday. But, like, I just, I can't say it on the podcast. And I'll oh, explain what. No, I'll, I'll explain why. Like, I, I legitimately, I don't think it'll be a good idea. I think I have a couple guesses. It's not about that thing. Uh... Yeah, it's not about that. You almost um... had a cool thumbnail, Will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm well, dying to hear it because I'm going to be alone this week. Oh, sweet. So eat food to your heart's content. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, this was good, everybody. Good night. Good night. I'm trying to stretch it out to three hours. We got Wait, three seconds. Okay. Good we got to talk about some random bullshit. <laughs> oh, I could just start reciting Dante. Have I ever done that to you? Uh, I, I just, it's too late for this. Permesiva nell'eccità dolente. Permesiva nell'eterno dolore. Permesiva tra la perduta gente. Giustizia mossa il mio alto fattore. Fecemi la divina potestate. La somma sapienza. Il primo amore. Dinanza mi non for cose create se non eterne. E io, eterno duro. Lasciate ogni speranza. Voi che entrate. Queste parole di colori oscuro, video il scritto al sumo di una porta, perché io, maestro, il senso l'orme duro, ed egli a me, come persona corta, qui si conviene lasciare ogni sospetto, ogni viltà come è che qui sia morta. Noi siamo venuti a loco, vi ho detto, che tu vedrai la gente dolorose, che hanno perduto il ben dell'intelletto, poiché la sua mano la mia pose, con lieto volto mi confortai, mi mise dentro le segrete cose. Quivi sospiri, pianti alti guai, risonavano per l'aere senza stelle, perché io, a cominciarne lagrimai. Mussolini, fettuccini, babadabupi. Babadabupi! Oh, that's like one of my favorite shit in Family Guy. When they like walk into the Italian meat store, and then Peter's like, wait, Brian, I, I got this. this. Right, he's like, I've, I've waited for I've waited my whole life I for this. Heard this he's like, puts on the mustache, and he's I like, I've heard this before. But it's fucking hilarious. I've, I've, I've heard this before. <laughs> but I need to explain it to the people that 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 don't know it. I've heard this before. And he's like, a boppity bippity boop. And he's like, Peter, Peter, just because you say boppity bippity boop and put on a mustache doesn't mean that you can speak Italian. And then That's the obvious. other. Yeah, well, and the other guy just like starts actually speaking in Italian, and like they're like they understand each other. It's great, but we have to go to bed. Go to fucking bed, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I gotta go to bed, man. Jesus of de Cristo. Yes, sir. Go to bed, please. Good night. Good night, mate. Bye.